Hello and welcome back to Watching Worst Film, the weekly podcast where we journey through the winners and the losers from the Golden Raspberry Awards, an annual ceremony dedicated to the very worst that Hollywood has to offer. This year we're travelling back to 2008 for the Mike Myers vehicle, his last vehicle, The Love Guru. As always, I'm your host Kyle Shemansky, joined by my own guru, Jericho Reed. Mariska Hargitay, Kyle. <laughs> and we have a special guest today joining us for this episode. We have my girlfriend, Sophie Fordyce. Mariska Hargitay, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> See, he paid attention, I like it. So as always, before we dive right in, we will talk a bit about our backgrounds for this film. Jericho, do you want to start? Okay, I wasn't hugely attached to Mike Myers. We watched Goldmember in... RE class. Mr. McKenzie showed us Goldmember on hard rotation, I think, to learn about intercultural tolerance. I think I'd also watched Goldmember at home because my parents were like, oh, this is the least risky of the uh, Austin Powers films. So I was allowed to see that when it came out on video. Other than that, I knew Mike Myers predominantly as Shrek. I didn't watch Wayne's World until I was like 17, 18. So I... Like, I don't think I even knew much about the reputation of The Love Guru. It just kind of looked like a bad film, but not like a spectacularly bad one. It came out yeah. right in the middle of the Asda era, so I remember the poster, yep. I remember the DVD, but not much more. No, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's the reason we've got you on this episode, so we are Mike Myers fans. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not anymore. No. <laughs> but I am a Mike Myers fan. I... I, I at a very young age, I grew up with the Austin Powers films. Yeah. Um, even when all the risque jokes just went over my head, it was the silliness and the parody and bond. Appealed so the penis passing mother. the man an apple, that went over your head? Over my head. Why is that man got an arm in his trousers? It was too subtle for my little seven-year-old. <laughs> but I'm also, like, I am a massive Wayne's World fan. I've spoken yeah. about it on the podcast before. We are both, but... Was what I tried to introduce to you was my love of Mike Myers on SNL. Because yeah, um, I think that's his peak. Um, I think he's great on SNL. He's you know he's one of those generational talents. You know the Eddie Murphys. You, you see it right away. Yeah. Mike Myers, yeah. fantastic. Everything else though, Shrek, Cat in the Hat, not really for me. <laughs> um, I did see Love Guru in 2008, but I don't remember. I remembered. So I. I so like we'll go into more of it. Everything to do with the plot in the hockey. God, <laughs> didn't remember a fucking thing. I remembered maybe I I just remembered the gist of it. And yeah. I don't remember any specific joke because it is it blurred in and at the time, whatever. So this was like a revisit, but essentially it was just a brand new watch for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your what's your background? It's very similar, but yeah, like. I think I remember me and my sister maybe we bought like three DVDs for ten pounds or something. Yeah. And Love Guru was one of them. Can't really remember watching it. I wonder what the other two were. Some really bad thing. Um, Cat in the Hat, Guru. Love Guru. You know. I can't remember watching it. No. Um, I like Cat in the Hat, so I actually do quite like Cat in the Hat. You're not the Although, only one. I'm not watching it. You're not the only one. Um, we, we found this out when we were recovering that year. And yeah, um, like I like I found out that I quite like Mike. And I do, um, I, I do find him funny, but this was just this. This is uh, this is something we think we'll all talk memory. about because yeah. I think this is um, this is the awakening for a lot of people on Myers in a negative way. 
That's something we'll talk about a bit later. But anyway, yeah. let's just get to it. So with a budget of 62 million, I assume you know the returns on this Jericho, so I don't know if I'll throw it out to you, but do you want to take a, a little guess on how much this film made so far? Oh my God, I've got no idea. I don't even know that kind of stuff. Well, just throw, um, throw a number, 62 million budget. I'm guessing that it didn't make 62 million, or maybe... Maybe it did, mate. Maybe it did. Take a guess. Okay, I'm gonna go seventy million. Seventy million, probably. I, okay. I, I, I think you're crediting me with more uh, preparation than I have because I never look up the budget until I am reading it out to you in the moment. So I don't actually know. I think like this film must have had a huge marketing budget. Like I don't think that sixty mm-hmm. can include that because this was everywhere. I'm gonna say thirteen million. Thirteen. Yeah. Okay. So in the middle between is forty million. Okay. Was the but was considered a huge disappointment yeah. um, because of the marketing. Yeah. It projected to do a lot better. It did not critically and commercially. It was sort of just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, it really didn't do well overseas. No surprise. Uh, <laughs> are we are we counting Canada as an overseas territory? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Canadians loved it, right? But, like, <laughs> Number one like, film one in Canadian... Toronto for twenty four weeks in a row. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, number one, and it made 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Canadian money's not worth anything. Right, so you want to take us at starts into it then, Jericho? Yeah, so opening, we start with some sitar music, and I was like, oh dear God, this is going to become very wearying. And then we get what I can only assume is a fuck-up of the Paramount Indiana Jones match cut, Mm -hmm. the iconic Raiders of the Lost Ark match cut, where they go from the Paramount logo to that exact same shot of a mountain in Mm -hmm. the film. So they have the Paramount logo, and then they have, like, the Spyglass logo, and then they go to, like, a mountain, which is framed in the exact same way that I'm like, did... Why was Spyglass in the middle? Because I'm sure that would have cut together pretty well. But it's exactly what I thought. I was like, I, I, I did appreciate it though. Um, <laughs> I did like it. Like, I hate it because like, it's not done well. But I, yeah, just with the they, they could have made that into like a funnier I, I, gag I, I if they'd it. instead of doing the match cut with the Paramount thing, they'd created like a Mount Rushmore of a guy with the Spyglass and just match yeah, cut to um, that. Mel Brooks style. I want it stuck to his head as well. Like, we could do. We can go so. <laughs> The, yeah, the, the whole point of this film is it could be done better and it lets you know right away that it's going to miss out gags and it's going to yeah. misstep on every step. But yeah, we open with Sitar. We open in India. Yeah. In present day. I felt that that is totally where they kind of hold this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, so this is my first laugh. And I'm ashamed to admit it already. <laughs> I was right. So he, Morgan Freeman voice, yeah, voice alike is. I was like, isn't there? And yeah, you know, right. So like, I, I, I don't know why. I, I just it was half a half a laugh. Yeah. But it, I'm gonna count it just to reveal that Mike Myers is speaking into the Indian voiceover machine. Well, yeah, like narrating. it starts with the voiceover narration of "Hello, I'm gonna tell you my story." I was born in a town in India, and my best friend was Andy Dufresne. And then he's like, oh, hello, you caught me using the Morgan Freeman setting on my voiceover <laughs> machine. Which I'm and just I, gonna... I laughed 
Oh, sorry. Let me give my disclaimer here. I'm not doing an impression of Mike okay. Myers. I just think it sounds like King Julian from Madagascar, which is a very fun, <laughs> fun voice. So I'm not doing a racist accent, everybody. <laughs> not doing a racist accent. Doing an impression of Sasha Baron Cohen playing a lemur. Well, you, that's a note. You, anyway, well, yeah, also, your notes just interject as they go along, right? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I know. I just thought the, the East Indian voice of Rajiv set the tone immediately. Yeah. Like, oh, this is just going to be really, really wrong. Yeah. And I'm going to be, like, curling my toes at every yeah. joke. Yeah. It's going to make it cringe. I hate the yeah. word, but I think it's it's appropriate here. Yeah. I laughed at it. I laughed at it because it has three settings. And one of them's Morgan Freeman's voice, and I, I don't know why. I just thought that's stupid, but it was. Um, it didn't make me laugh, I but I could but appreciate I it. Yes, it was like, it was like a, a faint chuckle. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Barely counted, but you know, I'm, I'm clutching at straws already. So yeah. like, we've got to give credit due to it when it is. So, um, what is literally the next fucking scene after this? <sighs> I um. My notes are very abstract and not plot oriented. Doesn't really matter. We don't need. So we don't need to go beat to beat to do this. I just want to say maybe with the King Julian thing, this is where we'll speak about it. Is uh, Sashi Marin Cohen was front and center in my mind because with him starting off in his town in India, which is what. I, I, I said to my Kista or whatever. I can't remember the name of the place, but it just reminded me a lot of the opening to Borat of like a fish out of water who's going to be coming to America. And I think that's the key to understanding how poorly Mike Myers had aged, is this was like one year after Borat, which yeah. kind of revolutionized things. And then you get like some kind of like has been coming out doing doing racist voices. Or, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was like, one of your points yeah. to me, wasn't I, it? Was I, Sasha. Said, I, I was like, it's like Mike Myers is trying to be Sasha Baron Cohen in a Zoolander type kind of film. Like all mushed together. Yeah. And okay. It didn't really I think we, me. I think we call this episode done because Sophie's just provided the most like yeah. <laughs> effective, uh, effective summary of the film. That's yeah, that's precisely what it is. Yeah. Which on paper I might like, but I do not like this. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I describe this, and it's someone who will come up because there's gags I hate. I would call this Austin Powers for put through a racist machine <laughs> or, or put through a voiceover turned over <laughs> the racist setting with, with, a, with a touch of, I don't know, dodgeball yeah, is like, what I got or the goon yeah. or some shit. Actually, the goon's good. I take that back. But um, like the producer was like a creepy blessing. Well, not being to like be insulted. <laughs> that was because this was, I thought it was directed by the Austin Powers director. Jay Roach. Yes, but this he is not a blue link on Wikipedia, so I don't know who this director oh. is, and I didn't research enough it's, because it's directed by it a man called Mike there. Bigelow. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick Nyers or something. <laughs> anyway, okay. So if we're trying to get back on track, my next note is Dame Judy because yes. we have these weird connections sometimes. So our last film was Cats, where we were not too kind towards National Treasure, Dame Judith Dench. And there is a joke. Okay, well, me and Jade went in and are hard. <laughs> There's a joke about her in this. Mm-hmm. Is it like? Can you remember it? It's like they're doing a, like a bunch of cutaway gags. Yeah, so it's showing sort of. So it's a bunch of cutaway. It's showing you who the love guru is. Yeah, and how his how his success is, and how he's starting to be the next Chopra or whatever yeah. the guru's name. He's going to be the next Deepak Chopra. Yeah, that's the one, and. 
I can't remember the full cutaway joke, but it's something like he apologized for, he wants to, put, to apologize out for Judy Dench, because, and I hope you get the staples out. Okay, I think was the joke. Okay. And oh, yeah. cut to her, it cut to lookalike in bandages. Uh, oh. Like, uh, when they were doing like the sports news night type thing, I wrote down news. Yeah, so I think that is after. I think we we established we get what I want to talk about is Ben Kingsley and his roots in India. Well, do we, is this, uh, before we leap on, I don't know if I have a note, is this the tabloid gags? Because they're kind of doing that lazy that's, exposition. Yes. That's, so that's after you, Ben. I, it doesn't matter. Okay. okay. <laughs> but we, we, we're, we're here for the first 15 minutes to establish who the fuck the love guru is. Yeah. And we're going to get throwaway gags that are hacky as fuck. Yeah. We will get some elaborate set pieces where he's on an elephant and he's been groomed and he's got all these mansions. He's been groomed, people. you say. Are you suggesting is, corruption yeah. at the heart of the uh, Hindu religion, Kyle? Ben yeah. Kingsley has groomed the love guru? <laughs> well, Ben, maybe he does. Um, <laughs> he's like, suck my tongue. Uh, <laughs> it's when we... <laughs> we So at one point, it doesn't even matter. While we're establishing it, it does flash back to his roots in India. Yeah. That he is a little orphan boy. That's a bad character. Well, yeah, I mean, I speak about the Alan Partridge effect that I love. Okay, this doesn't happen until later, because my note for this is Baby Myers, one of the best we've seen. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I related that to a completely different show, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Yeah, What We Do in the Shadows as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's good. This is not. No. <laughs> I, 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 and again, it might be ahead. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't. Care. Yeah, but we'll, co- we'll cover it now. We'll cover it now, yeah. We'll flow yeah. it through it. Um, I really did smile because they didn't adjust the size of the head. So he has this big dome little man syndrome. That's why I like it so much. Is because I'm like, in 2008, they couldn't... This was the best they could do was just like, I don't know, what's the we'll go back to so i married an axe murderer what's the line from that of like it looks like a satsuma on a toothpick or something like um, that's what it looks like is i'm like this is why i like it is clearly they can't do this in a convincing way so it's just like mike myers gigantic head on this yeah yeah the the how bad it looked salvaged it for me because we don't fall into the cat's uncanny valley and it you know there was a moment where i was like is that intentional or it was just because they couldn't do it well yeah because if it was intentional i will give him a point yeah. for that because that is that is funny yeah anyway little orphan he is under the tut- tutelage of i do not know ben kingsley's name in this it's some shitty punk. guru tugging my puda is that him there you go <laughs> mike myers you've done it again <laughs> <laughs> i wish we could see the writer's room i just want the whiteboard where he's like Guru suck on my dong, guru yeah. big dickatha, guru, and he's just like, no, no, it's not quite right. Just like, uh, like, like Jack in The Shining, just like all work and mm. no dick puns make just like uh, pages and pages <laughs> and pages of potential names. And my map is actually like, <laughs> 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 cutting that and using yeah. that for socials. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like so. Anyway, we're introduced to Ben Kingsley, mm-hmm. who. Is cross-eyed yeah. from excessive masturbation. Yeah. So it, that's, that's his character. Done <laughs> I again, I was I don't know how he got Ben Kingsley involved here. This is a you know from Gandhi to the Love Guru. It's a 
strange career trajectory over time. Yeah, but Ben Kingsley's like that. We spoke about him in Blood Rain, and like Ben Kingsley comes up in like a bunch of like Ben Kingsley. Uh, I don't know. Gandhi was a long time ago. A long and time ben ago. Ben Kingsley and, 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 now kind of thrives as like the ethnically Rain. ambiguous guy in shit movies. Yes, but the thing is, like Blood Rain and sort of these B movie tiers. If I'm Ben Kingsley agent, I'm telling him it's a payday, it's a two day shoot, mm. and no one's going to see it. Yeah. But there's always a chance that this is going to take off. Yeah. This is, you know, this mag- this could be Austin Powers, the next franchise. We could have yeah. Love Guru franchises. Yeah. This could have made, this could have marked his career <laughs> forever. Um, <laughs> could be, Actor like, Ben like, Kingsley died today, most remembered for playing Guru Tugging My Puda in The Love Guru yeah. and The Love Guru 2. Love me harder. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, you know what? Like, it was a smile. I liked, I didn't know the cast of this going in. Um, I couldn't remember anyone from it apart from Myers. I actually, yeah, I didn't know Timberlake was in it though. Um, I seen this credit and I was like, oh, yeah. I, in memory, this is where my memory gets a bit foggy. I remember this kind of character as played by Myers in my head. Yeah. I thought we were getting. I don't know why, but my memory had told me that this was going to be his... Eddie no, Murphy. This is his, yeah. yeah, this is his Eddie Murphy. He's going to be playing every guru, his own guru, <laughs> his... You know, there'll be... It's going to be a big old himself. guru circle jerk of just... Yes. Yeah, Myers, Myers is going to... This is why it failed in my... You know, I was doing the Eddie Murphy connection. I mean, it's always going to be the Mike Myers show, um, which is something we'll speak about. Yeah. But, yeah, so Ben Kingsley... Is unimpressed with a young bobblehead Myers and forces a chastity belt on him. Yeah, for not yeah. loving himself because he wants fame and he wants to. Be well, I just want to say this is. I don't know if it's a laugh, but this was uh, something I loved about the film. Is Ben Guru speaking to young little Colin Robinson Myers about how uh, Myers wants to follow the path of Guru Tugging My Puda, and Ben Kings is like, "Why? It's like a, it's a hard life or whatever." And Guru Pitchka says, I want to become a guru so girls will like me. Then I will like myself. I was like, wow, <laughs> Guru Pitchka, you're so real for that one. I, I can relate, Guru. <laughs> Even the, this this is not her fault. That isn't a bad line either. This is, there. Every everything that is remotely funny or <laughs> has any sort of like, oh, you could do something with is all this, like, the actual guru aspect of it. Yeah. Like, you know, the media, they were talking about when yeah. they're going through to James, it's when they show, like, him hanging out with the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, like, we can do, like, a walk hard thing here. We yeah, could, yeah. You know, we could easily, like, just just go for the guru sort of aspect cult, of it. Cult leader yeah. Like, yeah. let's, I want, yes. I want him to be a Ravi Shankar. I want him to be, like, mixed with Manson, mixed with everyone. Like, just this... Bullshit guru in India. Yeah. If you'll permit me, <laughs> if you'll permit me to uh, invoke another guru for a moment, and indeed another figure who was pivotal in my uh, belief that I could uh, like myself by making women like me, Woody Allen. He's the zelig, <laughs> the zelig of uh, lovemaking, Guru Pitka. Because we have the the tabloid thing where they show like this is very two thousand eight because you get all those upskirt like Paris Hilton, Lindsay yeah. Lohan, yeah. Britney Spears. Guru Pitka. So, like, I don't, I agree with you. I don't dislike the idea of just like this sort of like 
Tarantino-esque alternate history where Guru <laughs> Guru yeah. Pick is like the like the uh, the Dalai Lama and he's just like the celebrity. Yeah, no. So that's that's again though. This is all the highlights are sort of front loaded in the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, in my opinion, once it actually begins and the plot is the movie moves along. Yeah, I will say I'm going to say this now. Even saying that's fifteen minutes of probably the best parts. It is barely an hour and 20 minutes mm-hmm. this movie it feels longer but it is i'm very grateful i'm very grateful for bad comedies when they're so fucking short and you know they just end and done let's just move on i i'm so happy i mean yeah when we're doing two and a half hour transformers movies a tight like 80 minute comedy where it's just like it's just like, I don't know, like it, it rewards your inability to pay attention because it's just giving you something every something different every 30 seconds. So I also found this a breeze to watch. Yeah, like I, at least it was like easy to watch. Yeah. And I I mean, I, I, I did check. Like I, I did get to like, I think 40 minutes and I did oh, was like, minutes. I was like, how long, how long left? Oh, great. Like, what you doing? Because should we discuss this now? You watched this separately from Kyle. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I watched it. Yeah, I watched it on my own. And <laughs> like, I actually found myself like getting like annoyed at it. Like, just because, <laughs> like it just felt like they'd come up with like punchlines. Yeah. And they just like like squeezed it into like a narrative. Absolutely. And then well, a narrative. And then, like, they didn't. There was no room for like seeing where where a joke could take take take. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And yeah, watching it separately. We were going to watch it together. Mm-hmm. That wasn't. But we're gonna make like a whole like. We're gonna make a night out of it. Date night, our... watching the Love Guru. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love Guru themed cocktails. We're gonna put on yeah. our uh, go- Love Theory, Love Love Guru uh, cosplay, and we're gonna yeah. just a regular <laughs> Thursday night at the uh, yeah. Shemansky Fordyce household. We're going to play some hockey (laughs) Kyle's going to break out the sitar (laughs) But alas, we did watch it separately Which which is making it interesting Because then we don't, I think we Although we're all going to have similar opinions At least there's a new perspective a little bit Absolutely Sometimes sometimes when you watch these films for Razzies Individually in isolation It's like a, it's an endurance test It's a, it's a yeah. test of the character or the person Are you suggesting um, that we are akin to gurus? This is our chastity belt Tantric movie watching So yeah, like we, just jumping into it like, The base of the film is A hockey player whose name I've forgotten You're better with names um, I don't know, I can't Rona. even tell Rona. Oh, you got it. What's it? Roanoke. 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 Yeah. Thank God for Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> I almost started to ignore the film because I was like, Roanoke. And then apparently there's some like mystical mystery attached to that name. And I was like, no, that's a rabbit hole for later. <laughs> <laughs> See, there was thought in this film, wasn't there? Um, yeah, so we've but... got we've got D- Guru Takamapuda and uh, Lecoq. <laughs> Is <laughs> Justin Timberlake, and then we've got like a deep spiritual illusion of Roanoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something for everybody. <laughs> so yeah, the Roanoke. Is that what it? Roanoke. Roanoke. Yeah. Okay, is a famous hockey player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and he is going through a breakup. 
his wife, girlfriend, I can't remember. Well, we just need to single out a racist joke here because, haha, black men hockey. Because we get like a cutaway to ESPN or whatever as they show black children in the hood playing hockey on a basketball court. Because notoriously, hockey, a very, very white sport, so not played by any real black players of any profile. So Mike Myers is like, ha 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 ha, what if a black man played hockey? Wouldn't that be funny? Maybe a white yeah. guy could yeah. play basketball. <laughs> which, which I'm going to say now, because it's relevant, there is a cameo later on from Mike Myers yeah. with Kanye West. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, did you yeah. remember that or were you zoned out by this point? It's no, very I brief. Yeah, alluding to the infamous Kanye West interrupting Mike Myers saying that uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people during the was it Hurricane Katrina? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, mm-hmm. During a fundraising thing, and Mike Myers looks like the most uncomfortable human being you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. He doesn't know how to react. He's not um, he's not gifted with spontaneous sort of charisma. He's I Canadian, think. Kyle. He's... They're just they're nice. They want to keep the peace, and just sometimes you're not prepared for that kind of directness. Yeah. Yeah. So. He knows, like he he knows what he's doing as well. That's um, that's the problem. I I, I think if what is racist and what is insensitive and what is just stupid, he knows. He knows exactly what he's fucking doing. Ah, because, I mean, it's a payday, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, and it's another credit for Myers. So this is okay. Fuck it. I'm going to get into it now before we get into the film. I, this film I don't think what... George Bush cares about black people. I'm getting into well, it. Throwing it out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Um, this is the film that is was talked about recently. So in the last few months, it's been trending about Mike Myers' behavior on Love Guru. What? So yeah. So I have imp- I uh, like I remember I'm this. So it's it's sort of a unspoken Hollywood secret, or it's well known Hollywood secret. That Mike Myers is difficult. Mm. I think that's the word that was always thrown around. We've kind of touched on it before, I think, when uh, Dana Carvey speaks about his time on Wayne's World with him mm. and how they were really close on SNL, but when it came to the movie, he was an egotistical monster and he demanded his own, you know, star power and raise and he what he wanted Carvey to make less and he wanted to make more and he wanted control and everything. Yeah. Very but Carvey being a nice person is very diplomatic about it. Yeah. He just says it's difficulties or creative differences or you know yeah. personal differences. Yeah. He's, he's he's a smart man, Carvey. He knows not to burn bridges yeah. and make things worse. But it's been known throughout the years that he is quite hard to work with. Yeah. So on trending on I think it was Twitter a couple of months ago with stories from people in the industry just releasing everything about Myers. Yeah. And it, obviously it's not cancelable cancelable things, yeah. but just to kind of show how much of a dickhead he is. Yeah. And the one that came up on here was it was a former security off, uh, bodyguard was yeah. fired from the set of Love Guru for making eye contact with Mike Myers. He, he has an, a zero eye contact. Well, and... l- listen, listen, Kyle, um, uh, as, as an actor, it's just you have to do what you have to do to get the performance, to deliver, to deliver a good performance. Daniel Day-Lewis made people carry him around on the set of My Left Foot so he could feel what Christy Brown would have felt in that reliance. And in order to deliver those incredible performances such as Guru Pitka, you sometimes need yeah. to uh, inconvenience those around you, but that's that's the price and, that art takes, I'm afraid. Yeah. They're lucky to be shamed. So, <laughs> so again, there wasn't anything 
horrific, but there was yeah. a lot of them yelling at people on set, yeah. putting people down, just being very diva-like, I think is the only the best way to describe it. Yeah. Ego was probably at its peak yeah. at this point. Yeah. You know, you're off post right. say one thing, one of my notes literally was, Mike Myers needs an ego set. Yes. Yeah, yeah he needs a good um, <laughs> And then, obviously, this is the film that derails his career, takes him away, and probably did give him a reality check, I think. I think he would have. I honestly do believe Myers isn't a horrible person. I think. Yeah. Just it, it, the ego, you know. We all talk about rock stars and how hard they are and all this. I like, mean, once you get. Up, yeah, <laughs> he was a phenomenon. Like the Austin Powers movies, kind of like defined comedy to an extent. At and that then you've time got period. Shrek, which yeah, is like the biggest absolutely yeah time, like, household I, name. Yeah. If he wasn't so, already, uh, yeah. The cat and the hats are just a throwaway. Yeah, thing. whatever. Like, you know. like, and it's not even a vehicle for him. No. This is. Yeah. This is a Mike Myers thing. Yeah. And I think this is what knocked him back down to reality. Yeah. But yeah, like, so apparently, I mean, there's, there's lots of, you look them up, re, uh, listeners and Jericho, look up some Mike Myers stories yeah. just to, to read about how difficult he is. Yeah. And um, he, he's, he's very much a man that doesn't like criticism yeah. and he doesn't like, well, the way Carvey spoke about it was suggestions or yeah. ideas. He, he's mm-hmm. very stuck on, and it well it is complete. And like this is how he wrote on SNL. Famously, when Mike Myers joined SNL, he wasn't allowed in the writers' room. Yeah, and he wasn't allowed in the cast room, so he had to write all his sketches in the hallway yeah. when everyone else wasn't there, and then no one wanted to do sketches with him, so he had to do them himself. Yeah. Um, so like, all his ones are very much just like me on my own yeah. in a costume doing a voice. So like, I think that's how, because he was so young as well when he joined SNL, I think that's just, that's what worked. Yeah. You know, in his head, he went, He I doesn't do play myself, well with others because he was kind yes. of, yeah, the kid yeah. in the hall. And, uh, and uh, like, that's it, was others didn't play well with him or yeah. was it, you know, his personality, we, we'll never know. But yeah, I kind of just wanted to get out of the way because... I, when I seen Love Guru trending like, a couple of weeks ago, I thought, oh, well, either we're getting a sequel or, you know, um, reappraised cult classic. I just want to take a moment to plant some image because obviously we have, like, stories of, like, oh, Ben Affleck, like, pulling out and doing rewrites in the Bat costume for Justice League or whatever. Dana Carvey doing a moment's silence on Master of the Skies and the Turtle Guy outfit. But I would like to invite you to imagine... Mike Myers going on a massive Christian Bale rant while dressed as Guru Pitka. Just a guy with a curly moustache screaming at you, (laughs) get the fuck off my set! We're fucking over professionally! Good for you, oh. (laughs) Or even better Um, if he's doing it in the Guru Pitka King Julian voice. (laughs) Yeah, I want want bobblehead child Myers to be doing that. So yeah, so back on track, I didn't. I just wanted to get that out of the way. I think it's sort of intertwined now with the legacy of the Love Guru. Yeah, is Meyer's behaviour. So again, listeners, have a read, make up your own decisions and opinions on him. But I genuinely don't think he is that person. It's just it, it would happen. It would happen to everyone. Yeah, it, it's the way it is. Unfortunately. Okay. Clip it. We've now got our uh, our section to cancel Kyle with when it comes out that Mike Myers was substantially more abusive, and Kyle's like, "Listen, you know, we've all been there." <laughs> um, um, Dubbing it over. Harvey <laughs> is a great person. <laughs> Come on, like, you know, guys, Kyle, really nice guy. 
Okay, speaking about his Marlon Brando-esque commitment character, we will now link this in with Dr. Moreau and Mike Myers' sidekick, his mini-me. Vern Troyer is in this film. So I was kind of happy for Vern because this is the biggest part he's I've ever seen him in, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I'd agree. Like Especially he's, speaking. Yeah, he's speaking, he's playing um, like a full-fledged character, like... Yeah. Yeah. So this is a good link as well because you've got a note here, haven't you? About was it nothing? Yeah, nothing. Nothing original. What the music looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, the originality of the film is something that really got to me. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say now I'm very grateful that there wasn't an Austin Powers four in two thousand and eight because <sighs> it would have been this. Yeah. Um, regurgitated jokes. And when Vern Troyer is introduced to Mike Myers, he does he steals the joke from Goldmember with the mole. Yeah. But it's, uh, you're a midget. You're a oh a little person. Oh yeah. you're a small frat. It's yeah. a bunch of shit. Um, it's yeah. the exact same joke though, and it made me so annoyed. Yeah. Because that's what four years five like come on now you've had time you can do this <laughs> don't steal your own fucking yeah because he's been thinking of witchy ways to put out that someone's small kyle like things yeah, like yeah, hey small right. fry that that takes years to hone that kind of humor years. i i will say though i do like Vern troyer in this yeah mm-hmm. he he delivers my two biggest laughs so again chronologically i'm all over the fucking place but um at the end, at the end, right. Uh, so we'll, yeah, very, he's the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But it isn't played up too much that, you know, that it's odd or anything that Vern Troyer is the coach, which I enjoyed as well. <laughs> well, I don't, uh, I, I, I liked it because I was like, there was, I, I don't know if I'll deal with this later on, but there was a part of me that was like, I'm happy he's playing like a regular dude. Like he's not yeah. like... It's like Peter Dinklage is pretty much the only small actor who gets to play roles that aren't pivoted around his height. And so I'm like, to a certain extent, it's good that Vern Troyer is just a normal guy and that's kind of normalised. But then I was like, hmm, is this just Mike Myers not wanting to share the limelight? If he's like, yeah, everyone else treats him normally so I can just puncture it with I'm the only one who's like, hey, ha ha ha, small. Of course, absolutely. Like That is... That is- 100 percent correct but again he did get my two biggest laughs so yeah. myers a eh? like yeah. he he stole yeah. the show you yeah. so you want to say the the one at the end well oh the after credits yeah. is that your biggest laugh <laughs> when the credits rolled it was your biggest laugh <laughs> <laughs> The director shouts, um, can, we, can we pull back because all I can see is asses. And then Vern's like, oh, yeah. now you know what it's like. And I'm like, well, I laughed like yeah. I lied. I'm yeah. like, the good one. Just keep it of the show there. I also have a note for that because I thought that was going to start a ton of bloopers. So I was like, I was already heading out the door because the movie would finished. And then that happened. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to buckle in for a little bit more. And it's just that. And so I'm like, yeah. one blooper, I'm like, are they saying this is the sole funny thing that happened on the yeah. set of The Love Guru? Yeah. The closest anyone came to laughing was Vern Troyer off the cuff, yeah. just yeah. making that, making that. What? That's their memory from it, like, yeah. oh, remember the Vern? <laughs> They've all got t-shirts printed at the rap party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it, like, this is where I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, that... If I was making this film, like, well, that's actually funny. Let's yeah. stick it in the fucking film. Yeah. Like, let's, let's appetize it a little bit and 
we'll work it in, redo it, but Myers probably wouldn't have allowed that. Yeah, um, imagine that. that imagine that. A joke from the perspective of a small yeah. person. Nah, that's not work. Let's just have some guy say, small. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, um, looks like the Wizard of Oz has lost another munchkin. Am I right? Ooh, wow, yeah. wow. <laughs> we're, we're being forced to watch something completely from the perspective of Mike Myers. Yeah. Yeah. At that point in time, and it's exhausting. My 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 <laughs> biggest laugh from Vern was so he. This is very at the end during the big game when Myers has solved the day yeah. and they're stalled for time, and uh, Vern fakes a heart attack. Oh yeah, and yeah. They get, they get the defibrillator defibrillator out um, to give him a shock. Vern has very good, or had something hard. Rest in peace. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say, I was like, did he not die of like a did, heart attack yeah. or something? But. Uh, suicide. Suicide. It was. Oh shit! I, okay. I, didn't I knew he died young after being on Big Brother and speaking about how yeah. much he loved Heath Ledger. But um, yeah. So he's very good, like facial expressions, mm-hmm. though, and his eyes bulging. Yeah. It's a quick cut. I, I was like, oh, that is funny. And then the the quickness of that reaction to him flying across the ice yeah. and hitting a goal. Yeah. Was they just with the dummy effect? It just it looked it was done so dummy. quick. <laughs> no, no, the real Vern Boyer was. <laughs> Going across on fire, and I thought it just—it was funny because it was quick, it was sharply edited, and with his reaction, and then he gets up and dusts himself down and yeah. puts out his fire. I, I just thought it was done so well and yeah. so quick. And it, has, it has the joke as well of the sleeping guy does the buzzer for when there's a goal. Yeah, waking up and hitting oh, yeah. the noise, and everyone cheers. I just—I thought that was that's surreal and weird, and I really enjoyed it. My other one is a note as well. Is there is a scene where they all meet in Vern's office, mm-hmm. um, all our main characters, yeah. and it is a scaled-down office for <laughs> Vern, which is which is an insensitive joke and all that, and like, it, isn't, it isn't a classy joke, but I liked how everything was scaled down. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. I thought, okay, you've actually put some effort into that, like, yeah, and yeah. it was quick shot. My one note is um, Vern did an interview where he admitted that he took home that props. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, all the props from his office were in his, were in his house <laughs> um, because he loved them and he had an actual chair that he felt comfortable in and things. Oh, amazing. Um, which I, I thought that was nice. So they, yeah. honestly, the highlight here is... And Vern, Mike Myers uh, is like, he did what? <laughs> Hang on, we're going <laughs> to sue that man to high fucking heaven because no one steals from the set of love. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the, my two biggest laughs are probably from Byrne, other than the start. He was the glue for when the plot moves along, where, again, we're running through it all over the place, but the whole gist is Mike Myers has to get, what's his name, back with his girlfriend, get his girlfriend away from Justin Timberlake and his huge cock, and also get on Oprah. That's, that's yeah. it. There's not much else of the plot. It's just these scenes... And little jokes yeah. and how he's tying them together and how he's trying to do it. Yeah. Burn was the best. Burn was the best. The people I hated. Right here we go. Here's, here's a segment for us. The people that I hated the most. Yeah, John yeah. Oliver did my nuts in. Okay. He just. I'm not a John Oliver fan. Uh-huh. Uh At the best of times. And... I call him a uh, libtard. Because that's a little oh. name that I coined for uh, John Oliver. Because uh, he, oh, he that's doesn't. A, that's original. Uh, yeah, I, I came up <laughs> with that because I just I don't I don't like his liberal bias. I just he's very disrespectful to our forty fifth president <laughs> of the United States. So that's why I, that's why I don't like John Oliver. 
someone who someone who I did like I didn't I don't like Stephen Colbert in this film as well. He mugs off too much. How is he like how do they ruin Stephen Colbert so much? Because he's like a commentator with Jim Gaffigan in the box, and I'm just like, Colbert's funny. Like, why is this just that's it. Well, Colbert is funny. That's, this is where he's my auntie, John Oliver. I, I yeah. do like Colbert. We like Colbert. A nice little link because we love him on the Dana Carvey show. Exactly. And yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. With when he's with Dana, when Carvey's involved, yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. But when he's with Myers, the mirror image, it just sucks he all the funny. Like he was enjoying. He, he didn't. Like this is why he, his performance reminded me of Michael and Dodgeball. What's his fucking name again? You know, you know Dodgeball. Um, I've seen Dodgeball. When doing, Michael from Arrested Development. Michael Sarah. Oh no, Jason no, Bateman. No. Jason Bateman. Jason okay, Bateman. Yeah. And oh, Jason yeah. Bateman. You know, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it plays off. Yeah, yeah. He's oh yeah. So much fun. He, he's yeah, and yeah. He he steals like pretty much steals the show right at the fucking end just by giving a strange performance. Yeah. But, like I felt like if you want to put me on like good presenters or good like sports presenters or whatever, watch um. Oh, it's gone at my head. The one, the acapella singing film. Pitch Perfect. <laughs> Pitch Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch the two on that. Yeah, John Michael Higgins is fantastic as the, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know and, like, I was like, oh, that would have been so funny if they'd done it more like that. Yeah. And, like... Because it cuts away so often. Yeah. And they, they do get... Jim, Jim and Steve get so much time and gags and... They because the movie would have been 50 minutes without them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Is that you finished Kyle Hate Coroner? Yeah, no, or? oh, my list of people. Yeah. People, so. Right. Do you have thoughts on Jessica Alba in this? So, this is actually my next note. I forgot she was in it. Okay. And this is kind of like the Jessica Alba vortex where we had like the Fantastic Four films, we had Sin City, but like, I feel like Jessica Alba. I mean, she turns up in things, obviously, like Valentine's Day, but like, if Jessica Alba is in a film, a high profile film, film in a prominent role, Odds are it was released between the years of 2004 and 2009. Yep. And because she, she's the owner of the Maple Leafs um, yeah. and the love interest, but she's just kind of bland. No real thoughts. Yeah. She doesn't do a thing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt sorry for her as an actress. Yeah. It's not, it's the least challenging. Right, so she does nothing in the film. Yeah. And I have no criticism because she has nothing to do. She has yeah. no jokes. She yeah. doesn't get any real arcs or anything she's apart from in his daydream apart from in his daydream but, <laughs> i'm like well that's it see the end this is my only the only time i thought of alba is at the very end when they're dancing to the steve miller band done on a sitar it's the joker yeah and, um alba comes out for her chorus yeah and she yeah. does a fucking indian voice she, she doesn't does do that that was dubbed <laughs> that that wasn't I don't her care. i don't care yeah, yeah. i don't care if it's dubbed it's coming out of fucking lips, right? Like, it's it's still a reflective on her. Like, you're not AI doing this. This is. I know it's not her real voice. I assume it's actually Myers's real voice though. And um, for the singing, you could say no. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's. Um, but I no, no, nothing bad to say about her. My all my criticisms were on John Oliver, and I hope uh, Val Kilmer got paid for his cameo. Yeah, I hope there's a favor, and that's another thing. I'm just gonna link to sort of Myers being a dick mm-hmm. is I always forget and we do this because we watch them all the time we have our drinking game where we watch vehicles for SNL stars and we, we take a drink every time there's you know an SNL cameo because yeah. 
you know, if you've been on the show, you've got all the alumni. You've yeah, got yeah. All, you can, you the can phone book, pull out your phone, and yeah. Pull out. Mm-hmm. There's not a single fucker in this film that's like SNL, mm-hmm. and that's that was a huge shock for me because I know you, I know you want you want to get away with it, but you could have pulled in anyone here, like yeah, just for you know you could have racked up some cameos, some other players and stuff could have been. Oh, there's Ben Stiller, there's you know Sandler, there's oh David Spade's in doing a reporting or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Fucking Norm could have been doing the sports. You know, he's Canadian. It would have worked. Mm-hmm. I could have Norm Macdonald doing this behind the sports desk. He doesn't. Mike Myers doesn't want talent around him. You can tell that. He doesn't want yeah. people to get that Wayne's World thing. So what we are left with is Val Kilmer for five seconds. <laughs> Kanye West for five seconds. Yeah. Ben Kingsley yeah. going cross-eyed and being so unfunny it wouldn't steal you know, anything from Ben King- Kingsley's going to piss into a bucket and they're going to smack each other with mops with- from the piss bucket. Like That's the level we're going to get at because there's nothing else to do. He's like, I'm going to eat this video. Bye! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that kind of comprises half my notes because, like, Halfway, I have Mariska Hargitay. This is not going to get old real fast. By which point, I think mm-hmm. we were just 10 minutes into the movie because this is the... He says Mariska Hargitay to Val Kilmer. He says Mariska Hargitay to some other like celebrity of less uh, fame. And then he says Mariska Hargitay to Mariska Hargitay. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, like a, a, a wearying cameo fest. And just like every gag, it has to point to and be like, "Hey, did you did you see yeah. what I did?" Well, that's it. it yeah, yeah. They, they literally do it with her as well when they played the Law and Order sound. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's where she's from. Yeah. Hey, like that's my <laughs> It's the, I mean, no It's the Hunter Biden erection boings and the fact yeah. it's like just in case you don't get it for those a little slow in the audience. Here's where you may have seen her before. But, I can't yeah, remember what my. What's up? No, sorry. I was just gonna say like the law and order thing. It's like it's like it's like forgetting these people the, the actors and not just their people. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, no one will remember you. That's a good joke. Exactly. <laughs> like Val Kilmer is like, okay, we're not gonna humiliate you, Val, as like top gun yeah. or Batman. But Mariska, we don't want you under any delusions that you are here because of your funny name and one notable <laughs> notable yeah. credit. Yeah, so my note I have the rhythms in this are so weird. I can't remember what precisely provoked that but there's just something about like it might be the fact that mike myers is like clearly just like not allowing anyone to sort of riff with him and it's just kind of him like that might be it it might be just the lack of listening of he's just kind of like doing a one-man show and that's Mm -hmm. what contributes to just feeling weird comedically Mm -hmm. like or like he's almost like it's almost like he's breaking the fourth wall at times. He does fucking break the fourth wall in this film as well. That's a note I have. Yeah. I, I will let you continue and then I'll... That's that, That's it. really it. Okay. I mean, I could segue into my next note, which is Mike Myers has one of the most annoying faces in this. I can understand... <laughs> I can understand why he wouldn't be seen on screen for a decade. <laughs> uh, I, I, I understand. I agree with it. Again, you say I drop in Manson in every fucking yeah. reference. There is shots in here, right? Yeah. Where he would play a convincing Manson. Oh, for sure. If yeah. you just uncurl the mustache, yeah. Like, I was like, "Fuck, you'd be a good swastika on your head. <laughs> you'd be a great Charles Manson." And that's why I was like, blinking to it again with that 
cult leader sort of you know will do this sort of different parody because it yeah. doesn't parody anything other than Chopra whatever his name is yeah help guy there's not any like you know Austin Powers parodies like 10 things at one time yeah everything from Bond to the Avengers to Michael K like six days CDOs Mission Impulse everything yeah like, there's so much things thrown in there and this doesn't have a clear idea of what it's making fun of or what it's about it's just oh wouldn't it be funny if you know it's, it's like a one prem, one yeah. line premise it's so surf, like it's so like surfacey mm-hmm. yeah and, like i just feel like like when you said it doesn't like flow right and it's like kind of clunky yeah. like it just feels like you know if somebody was going to interview and they they'll go to ask them what the person thinks and they're like right okay cut yeah. Like, and then, <laughs> like, there's no actual like, there's no, there is not. Like, so anyway, almost on that note, uh, no, 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 no. I agree. I hundred. I agree with both you guys. I just, I need to say this before I forget about it. There's a scene where he's driving in the car. Yeah. I think it's with um, the hockey dude, and they're switching radio stations. Yeah. And Myers switches it to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And then stops turns to the camera and has a little look and we get switched and I got so fucking angry because I was like how dare you how dare you make me think of your better movies and your iconic scenes when you when you were funny oh I was like Carvey is spinning in his turtle shell just now. <laughs> <laughs> you know like, like I should just wait he he could he could have stopped the fucking film and just said, "Hey guys, do you remember Wayne's World? Like, how funny that was, and how much everyone loved me in that." Movie freeze frames. Mike Myers walks on the screen as himself. It's like, I'd like to promote the special collector's twentieth anniversary edition of Wayne's World, available in all good retailers. Twentieth <laughs> Yeah, with t-shirts, uh, all the new merchandise, and also the remaster where I I play both Wayne and Garth. Schwing. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that's as that was one of my final like thoughts because it fucking really pissed me off. I I, I was also on edge that we were gonna get a Shrek joke or an awesome power, like a real just Ooh. here's here's me doing funnier things. I think DreamWorks probably had a very tight leash on there. It was like no Myers, we have gone to a lot of lengths to separate your personas. We are not letting you attach our big green money making machine to your but dick comedy. I you could easily right, so you could easily just I would have thought being if I'm a hack hacky Myers mindset. He, you know, makes a swamp joke. Yeah. And he just oh, true. Like yeah. Little, yeah. And uh, no, and then turns to the camera. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, did you see what I did there? <laughs> did you yeah. get? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look over there. There's a cat wearing a hat. How fucking funny, you know? Like. Okay, we can we can maybe work this in here because I have a question. Why is the love guru wearing nipple tassels? Because they perhaps could have been Shrek, Shrek shaped. <laughs> they could. It could have been a little Shrek on his chastity belt, you know. He could have even just, especially in the India scenes, he could have easily had a donkey. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, he could have just done subtle things. I expect, I was on edge for the entire movie after that point, just expecting references to Myers Bower work. It's like uh, like another notably down-to-earth figure in the world of entertainment, Walt Disney, and all the hidden Mickeys and all the Disney films just have like li- these little Shrek silhouettes incorporated everywhere you can in the in the love guru 
Okay, another tangential thing I want to reference, because this movie's been a bit of a fever dream. No, our first Razzie Jericho, because they go to, like, a cafe or something. There's, like, they go to some... Oh, it's a church, isn't it? They go to, like, Jericho Church or something, but my name is seen on screen in this film. (laughs) (laughs) So you're now eligible to come on the show. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is funny, because, like, I don't know, we we haven't done our... Surprisingly, we like to keep tally of Scottish characters in Razzie movies. I was prepared. I was confident there was going to be one in this. I was going. To, we're mm. going to get Guru Bastard or something. Yes. I well, that's why I was saying even the Shrek. I expected a Scottish voice from Myers. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a kill. Yeah, a kill and stuff with Tassel. Like, and he would have the beard. He'd have a big ginger beard, but still have the curly mustache. Like, yeah. I, I so expected that. And I, I, I actually do think my. I mean, it's Canadian, so they've all got Scottish roots somewhere, don't they? Yeah. Um, not to generalise, but they do. I think Myers does, so I would have counted him if he did a fucking accent, but I won't when he's not. Yeah. He's doing a racist accent. <laughs> we did not take ownership for that. <laughs> yeah, so Scottish character tally, I don't know, we're on four or five, whatever, but Jericho, I always like to keep track, being a narcissist, I like to keep track of movies that reference my name. So we, of course, have Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a Jericho in End of Days. Kevin Costner mm-hmm. plays a Jericho in Criminal. 2008, the year of the love guru. We also had Jericho in Iron Man. And so, uh, yeah, big year for Jericho cinema, 2008, it turns out. Okay, this is maybe like a a more sort of like abstract note. I have a few examples of. I didn't hate this film. Like, I enjoyed this film more than I expected to. And I think this film perhaps comparatively benefits from being likened to the works of Adam Sandler. Because like... At no point did I get the sense that Myers was phoning this in. He, like, he is committed to this. And, like, the sheer volume of gags, like, when they do the, like, crushed nuts, nuts in a sling, I was like, this required props, this required planning, like, there's multiple, like, you'll get a gag and then it'll sort of keep on going, like the Mariska Hargitay cake or whatever it was, like... All of it's committed where, like, like an Adam Sandler movie would just be him and his buddies being like, hey, you're small, whatever. So I kind of admire Meyer's commitment to this, but it kind of relates to what you said of, like, he like he thought he was bringing his A-game here. He was like, yeah, I'm making another, like, cinema classic. Yes. It's maybe the self-awareness of, like, Sandler knows what he's doing, and he's kind of just embezzling money from Netflix for the least amount of effort. Whereas Myers, I think, thinks he's making the next Blazing Saddles. Yes. And that's a, that's a nail on the head. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. Everything lies... I mean, Myers' commitment and energy can't be faulted. Yeah. The, the sort of care he's put into the film can't, again, can't be faulted. All lies with just a regurgitated, poor script with yeah. too much that misses. I didn't hate this film yeah i think you you're gonna hate it the most out of us so far. um <laughs> but but like to even context that is because like i enjoyed this more than like dirty love absolutely 100 times over because I watch this. fundamentally he might not be hugely funny but mike myers in this film but mike myers is a comedian and jenny mccarthy is not a comedian so exactly and there's there's there were jokes there, like i had more laughs than other comedies we've watched if you took out all the hockey and 
did something different. I mean, that's how you fix it. You do something different. But yeah. Like, if you just the hockey stuff's when I started zoning out. Yeah. When it's all the shots and all the scenes are on the ice or in the game or behind, you know, all when it's just focused on this bullshit, I lose interest. But it's it still doesn't mean yeah. it's bad. I think if there's a joke that's not made at the expense of another character in the film or like a, like a, a culture or a race or something but there wasn't mm-hmm. I was like that means you're not funny if you, yeah. if you can't yeah. just be inherently funny and all your humour is projected mm-hmm. yeah. and I was like I don't like humour <laughs> 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 <Turn around, laughs> <isn't it? laughs> so yeah well Sophie is there summing up the opinion of the general public and Hollywood certainly because he just kind of like fell off the face of the earth with after this. Whether that's him having Shrek money and just retiring to the swamp, or whether that being that no one would greenlight anything after after this. But this movie is one of those real like, if not career killers, certainly like career. It was a career killer. It was a career killer. It was his Norbit. It's the parallel, the SNL stardom parallels are pretty. Did he want to go up the Like, I mean, you know, and he's been conflicting on things. Uh, Myers has always spoke about why he stopped. The the answer he always gave is the Rick Moranis kind of effect. He wanted to go be a dad. Yeah. But to be a dad, don't you need to have children, Mike? Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go to India I'll find some yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine he spoke about fatherhood a lot that's, that's why Austin Powers 4 never got made it's because he was too busy yeah. and he could only dedicate himself to smaller roles and he also didn't need to do it it's nothing he needed he didn't need to be shoveled out for cameos well yeah like Shrek you go into a vocal booth and yeah like two weeks you've more money than God, so yeah, you certainly didn't mm-hmm. need to work. And he, that, that's it. There was always the potential that he could come and do a comeback, which he has done yeah. now. Yeah. Extent. I don't know how big a name he would be still now, but like he's had Netflix show. He's been doing work again. He's and... working with two of our finest directors, Brian Singer and David O. Russell, in uh, Rocket Man and uh, Amsterdam. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two, uh, yep. two other notable notable Hollywood figures who are completely devoid of ego. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, 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 and you know, um, you know, that's where I'm always like, there's nicer notes because he has amended things with Carvey. They have they reunited on SNL. There, I don't think they're best friends. I don't think that'll ever be the case. But they, the the bridges have been repaired, yeah. so that's nice to hear. Still, team Carvey though. Yeah, um, yeah, you needed you needed a spiritual yeah. journey, didn't you? Like you needed to yeah. find out his. He needed to love himself before he could love others. <laughs> it's a very bad film. It's his most autobiographical work he's done so far, um, to an extent. Um, so yeah, like I, I understand though if you don't if you just go into the, I understand why it bombed. Yeah. I understand why it hated. Mm-hmm. You go in expecting. Yeah, if like we're me and Jericho are sort of worn down by comedies and the worst of things yeah. um so when when there's something even marginally better it's it stands out so much more it gives yeah. you such a gulp because yeah yeah that's that does you've got to you've got to be a glutton for punishment to sort of understand why this isn't 
terrible, terrible. No, it wasn't terrible, terrible. But it is bad. For some like, people, got... this may be the worst film they have ever seen. But when we are just putting our, uh, when we are giving exactly. ourselves the crushed nuts, nuts in a, nuts in a sling, Myers treatment every single week, then this becomes yeah. something of a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Yeah, not much to say. As much as this film may have failed to connect with the general public, it certainly seemed to have its fingers on the pulse, teenage boy-wise, because some of the gags, like when it, he does the, oh, what's the capital of Thailand? Bangkok. Mm-hmm. When he does the, like, oh, I have three girlfriends, uh, three, I have uh, three pretty ladies, uh, uh, three ands, yeah. and visible, mm-hmm. and inflatable, and and job. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was like, oh, dear God. Like but that's where he's been aiming at. That's yeah. what, like, that's what the Austin Powers film, yeah. especially if they're like Goldmember, yeah, and Spy and Shag Me, are very much aimed. And the first one, they're all aimed at. Like they are, they yeah. are juvenile humor. Like yeah. he's, he's not, you know, that's he's he does. It's like saying it's the same with Sandman. We can't. Yeah, he, he knows what his audience is, and he's aiming for it. If it wasn't for the Shrek films, he would be a Sandman probably. Just yeah. throwing out all these sh- shitey. Especially two thousand and eight, like he could he could do a Jack and Jill. He could easily do a Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> but you could but you can do an uncut gems. No. So. What do you think of Celine Dion doing drove all night? Um. Yeah. What do you think of Celine Dion? Mm-hmm. Celine Dion, do you, did you phase out for when she appears? Yeah, I was just like I just remember like watching it and zoning out and then turning around and being like, why is there elephants on the ice rink? I can't remember Celine Dion being there, but I can't remember why. Yeah, where are they at again when she comes out? <laughs> They're just uh, like at a nightclub or like a Celine Dion concert or something. Weird, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird small venue. I, I I only chuckled at the thought of Celine Dion flying out to play in front of 100 people yeah. in a small little dingy club. That, that made me smile. I laughed at Justin Timberlake's enthusiasm for Celine Dion being, oh, yeah. being French well she's yeah was... exactly she's a Canadian icon so again yeah, this is Canadian, like a French Canadian yeah. it's all there it's all linked nicely together yeah I have we haven't actually spoke about him much Justin because no. that's one of your notes isn't it yeah it was yeah it just reminded me of Justin Timberlake when he was in film he, he played yeah <laughs> Justin Timberlake played this like it was an SNL sketch and he he doesn't like give like an SNL sketch that isn't written by the Lonely Island. Yeah, that's the that's his, and it's fine. That's the benefit. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I I like Timberlake. You like Timberlake, but like he's fine. He doesn't he doesn't get top stage because he's not allowed top stage. No, no one. Only I can dance. So yeah, he's fine. Do you have any thoughts? I think like Justin Timberlake, someone I go back and forth with because like I do like him, but I think he just needs. Uh, clarity of vision. He needs to be working with like an auteur like Fincher. He's great in Social Network or mm-hmm. Dick Kelly in My Beloved Southland Tales. I think he's incredible in that. But when he's just like, like I don't think he's hugely funny if left to his own devices. Um, oh. I think he's capable of being hilarious like in Pop Star. But like, yeah. I think you need to be very specific in what you're getting him to do. And this Myers obviously doesn't give a shit about anyone who isn't him, so I don't think yeah. this is a great platform. For... I, I agree with I think that. He needs good direction. He needs he's a pop star. He's yeah, like, that's so what I mean. Yeah, he needs the Lonely Island. Yeah, to, they know how to get something out of him. Yeah, or, that... like good act, like he plays it well. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he, you know what? Like even when I'm, I go insane. I go back and forward with him. He does try. Yeah, he is a man that gives a lot of yeah. effort. He doesn't just. Phone he never, he never phones it in. It's just like sometimes he needs more of a helping hand. I think. Yes, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. 
Well, I mean, that's pretty much the film, isn't it? Have you got any more thoughts you want to add, either of you? No. Nothing driving me, just like the plot. So, like, um, we haven't even. So, the Leafs need to win the Stanley Cup, and their star player has issues with his girlfriend, Mother. and which stem from mother issues. And so that's why the Love Guru introducing the plot right at the end, an hour into the podcast. <laughs> uh, the Love Guru is brought on to help him navigate those issues to win the Leafs the Stanley Cup. So um, it's it's like the final, I think, and uh, the, the Justin Timberlake has invited his mum to sing the national anthem, gets inside his head, and so Myers makes two elephants fuck on the ice, and that distracts him, they fix his things, they win. Wakes you up. Um, Myers abandons his uh, Guru Pitka, lets go of his desire to be on Oprah in order to head back to the rink and save things. That is the end. They go back to India. He like Jessica Alba was worried that Mike Myers didn't want to fuck her because he wasn't into her, but in fact he didn't want to fuck her because, or he very much did want to fuck her, but he was wearing a chastity belt. He reveals to her that he is taking a vow of chastity. They go back to India. I I had here like, I, like my prediction. I was like, without a shadow of a doubt, this is going to have a big musical number because Mike Myers doesn't know how to end things. And then yeah, I, yeah. this was maybe maybe my first actual laugh of the film Guru Tagamapuda takes the chastity belt off him which didn't have a key it was just a twist thing this is gonna sound insane I'm really hoping that people who are listening to this have watched the movie um uh, uh so Guru, Guru Tagamapuda takes off the chastity belt and Jess Galba's like what do you want to do and he's like I've had this belt on since I was 12 there's only one thing I want to do Sing! <laughs> and so we then get a big song and dance number where they sing, uh, what's the, uh, I'm a smoker. I'm a, yeah, 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 the Joker. They sing the Joker. Uh, I, like, I, I was like, okay, I can kind of make defense of this, of it. It's the Bollywood lineage of like Slumdog just ending in a big dance number. Is it at least not like, just because I was like, Myers has spent too long in the DreamWorks system. He won't know how to end a movie without dancing around to Smash Mouth. And so, uh, yeah, I, but I can kind of make excuses, exceptions for this doing the Bollywood thing. Not that this movie acknowledges Bollywood in any no, other no, way no, at no, all. No, no, no. But, yeah. And they, they only picked that song because of the, the line, some people call me Maurice. And that's the name of his character in the film. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say I'm the gangster of love. So he, he's, he's done it just for three words um, yeah. in the song. Um, I, I, did have, I did have a little laugh at the end when um, Ben Kingsley takes off the chastity belt and then disappears in a puff of smoke, yeah. but doesn't, yeah. and then just walks away. Um, yeah. That was, that was a half, half a chuckle, again, yeah. half a chuckle. That's, I'm going to say that's two real laughs and two half chuckles. Yeah. So it's probably just past my threshold of three laughs to yeah. make it watchable. So yeah, like, like, that's it. I think we've spoken at length as well on how we'd fix it. How would you? I, fix wait, it? hang on. I do have one final note, which is you speaking about your prediction. This would be a meet Dave with uh, Myra's doing like another gold member, another fat bastard, multiple role thing. Mm-hmm. Pleasant surprise that he doesn't. But he is nevertheless credited three times in three the times. closing credits. Mike Myers as Guru Pitka. Mike Myers as young Guru Pitka and Mike Myers as teenage Guru Pitka. And, I'm like, and he had the he had the restraint though not to credit himself as himself. He did no, he um, did. 
I, oh, did he? Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm sure, it, like, further down, it has, like, Mike Myers and Kanye West as themselves or something. Uh, I, I, I closed that and gone out for a cigarette by that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he doesn't do the slash thing. He, like, no. like younger pick up. And, three, like, yeah. again, like, I don't know, a part of me was like, is this, like, is there a version of this which could have been funny? Or is this just the hubris of a man being like, no, I want to see <laughs> my name three <laughs> times? So yeah, as always, at the end of this half of the episode, we will discuss the quickest and easiest fix to make this a much more enjoyable movie. Yeah. So we want to start with you, Jericho. Before we'll, we'll leave you time to, to have a think. Over we'll sofa, like what do you think? The easiest, tiniest yeah. little fix that would make this better. Okay. What's yours? Um. Uh. <laughs> if you gave. If you said Mike Myers the therapy, I made him <laughs> less narcissistic. If this was just a little bit more evenly spread amongst supporting characters, that could be like, or give Jessica Alba a character. That's probably give him some comedic foil, and you can immediately, if he has more back and forth, if he's willing to share the spotlight with anyone, that would make this better. But she has least to work with. So and she could kind of poke if she was a whole if she was a character in any form, like there just needs to be more conflict in this film. And like maybe if she's like, I don't know what I don't know what sort of archetype would work well with the love guru, but like, I don't know, just write a character for Jessica Alba would be my fix. <laughs> Which are sense well, Jessica Alba, like so. What's the cult documentary? And the guy with beard. Well, that? I can't remember, but there is one about this cult leader, and in it, actually, he's got this like love interest, but really, she runs the show. Okay, so yeah. So had it that way that Jessica Alba was like ended up like being in control of him. Yeah. And then she, and then yeah. she becomes the love guru. Okay, we're going to delete this because I think Sophie has broken the story for Love Guru 2. We're going to get the sequel where um, the Love Gurus is going to be this Deepak Chopra-esque phenomenon and then it's going to be revealed that Jessica Alba is the power behind the throne, the puppet master, the Lady Macbeth of yeah. the Love Guru. Because that's far more interesting story than anything in this yeah. And that is uh, what you're referencing, Sophie, was Wild Wild Country yeah, on Netflix. About, oh, okay. Uh, the, Indian, the Indian guru Bhagwan. Yeah, and um, his assistant Sheila, who was Sheila, was like controlling. Um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the behind the scenes, behind the curtain. Jessica Alba was Yeah. If you'll permit me to get all Paul Thomas Anderson for one second, just because I haven't referenced him in a while, it's the master. She's she's Amy Adams jerking Philip Seymour Hoffman off by the sink. Yes. You think he's the? Yeah. Yeah. He think Lancaster Dodds the brains, but in fact, anyway. Okay, so Kyle, I I, I just echo. I've already said what you guys have No, just no, said. no, no, no. Hang on. You put me oh, on the spot. Oh, I'm not yeah. letting you. I'm just going to echo uh, um, Sophie's idea. Um, no, 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 no. Myers esque. I'm going to take <laughs> credit <laughs> for the workings of others. I would have loved to see. I mean, I, I, I cut the hockey shit. Still my biggest answer. I know you've got a 20 minute movie there. But what would you put in A different movie. Like, I would have a. I would have a I, like I said, this is where I would go for that sort of the timeline thing we were talking about before. Yeah. I would have him, I would, I'd be parodying like, almost like what Walk Hard did. I would have people come in and you'd be 
you need spiritual awakenings to it's 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 zelig he's more of a forrest gump type figure that's like just like oh here's his like personal growth through the ages whatever how he interacts with various things because yeah the hockey stuff I understand he's Canadian. I understand he's a Leafs fan. This is like Sandman want to hang out with like basketball players, but the hockey stuff just isn't. I understand he needs something, but the hockey stuff yeah, is not it, funny. It's not good. And if it's just one scene, you know, if it, yeah. if, if it was just one throwaway gag, he had to go and help this guy. Yeah. And if he was leaving it all on the ice with one hockey yeah. scene, that would work. Yeah. But as I'd be happy. yeah, I'd be so happy as as the overall narrative to drive the fucking film. <laughs> dreadful um <laughs> I, I so that's 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 the easy the easiest fix though would probably be to let myers do more i i would probably end on uh, yeah i wouldn't fully norbit fully austin powers three well uh, it's your your guidance for kirk cameron just mike myers in every role um, yeah basically <laughs> like just um, playing his own love interest maybe jessica alba yeah, would get yeah. something to do if Which, she was mike myers yeah basically i mean like it wouldn't be good, but it would probably be more entertaining. It would be um, more, yeah, more something, yeah. It'd be more something. I mean, that's the easiest fix. He'd be my John Oliver role. Yeah, yeah. Very minimal, you know, like, and yeah. I'd be doing some split screen. Like, yeah, I'm not just going to have Myers be the only character. Would but... you have Myers and Brownface? Kyle, do you do you believe in the minstrel shows? Do you want to approve uh, <laughs> the practice of... He, he I was... Listen, he's playing Justin Trudeau. It's okay. It's okay. He's playing Justin Trudeau. (laughs) I was flabbergasted that he did at least not do that. And um, oh, thank God, that he he did the Canadian orphan little segment because I, I, a hundred percent expected him to be not in full brown face, but like hints of yeah, 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 like a shade of you know, yeah. Something. I will give him credit for having. Thank God, because otherwise this film could have been problematic. (laughs) But that bullet was dodged. Oh, thank Christ! It was very, very friend PC friendly. I don't know if I would be able to try to make my second credit for not doing. For not being. Well, you've got to. It's a small victories, isn't it? Other than that, though, like I don't think there's a a simple little tweak. Other than doing something different, I'm very glad that this wasn't Austin Powers four which part of me does feel was at one point. Yeah, it could have been. When he was in it, and he's just, fuck it. I've, he's watching Oprah, and he's yeah. seen Chopra on it, and he's like, fuck it, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's his Kaiser Soze mug drop. But yeah, like, that's a, I, I would have liked to see more people in it. I'd love to see people getting more lines. Yeah. I'd love to see more characters. I'd love to see SNL. I'd yeah. love to see... You know, like that's even that's a that's a meta joke. If Cardi did have a little cameo in it yeah. or something, and they had a little like, glare or something, or he, yeah, yeah. if Cardi was another guru, Cardi could have been driving past in a car when they do the Wayne's World. He just looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I want I want Myers to like float it and get away from him yeah, or something. The Paul or, Walker or moment. Walker. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, yeah. Runs him off the road. <laughs> that's that's more inside a joke than have you seen this movie yeah um, yeah yeah and yeah you know i i like i say oh like to get murphy murphy could have done a cameo or something this would have been norbit time like well uh yeah. i have a little something for you in the second half but yeah murphy. oh can't wait <laughs> murphy was Talking busy at work dying <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't think there is do you think this is a worthy razzie picture sophie 
yeah, not for any of the cast, apart from Myers. But you're not like a. But, but overall, as a film, this is this one of the an yeah. absolute worst picture yeah. ever. Yeah. I will say, yes, we have seen worse. Yeah. We will yeah. see worse. And in this scale of things, it is not the worst. Yeah. I mean, yeah but, but it is an unfunny movie. Yeah. It is insulting. It is terrible in so many ways that it's it's really hard to argue that this isn't a worse picture. And it, it killed a career. It killed a, a, a huge star's career. So, worst yeah. Worst Vern Troyer, right? Yes, yes, yes. He doesn't do anything after this, does he? Like, <laughs> well, his, his crowning achievement of the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, that was yet to come. Oh, okay. So he used this as a springboard. He was going up <laughs> and Myers was going down. Yeah, I agree. Like, this isn't the worst film of the year in that there are more excruciating watches, but certainly as, like, a study of hubris, as, like, uh... This is one of the more interesting failures in terms of, like, this is relatively unique within the Razzies. What we've spoken about is what we don't like when things are just kind of, like, generically bad. But you're certainly yeah. watching something kind of unique here. So I agree, this this admires certainly Razzie-worthy. No one else, really, because he doesn't really share enough oh, no. to give them anything to be Razzie-worthy with. So, yeah, so the nominations for this film. Worst picture, of course, discussed. Worst actor winner, Mike Myers in The Love Guru as Guru Maurice Pitka. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we can't, it's hard to argue against that. Um, yeah. it's, it's Myers that is laziest. Yeah. It's, he's got energy, it's, he's full of energy. It's not that kind of lazy. It's lazy yeah. in terms of like character. Yeah. It's, yeah. He deserves it. Yeah, hard agree. Worst actress, Jessica Alba for The Love Guru as Jane Bullard. So this is shared with another film. So we can speak about that other film in the second half, but like that must be doing a lot of heavy lifting because I know Mr. Razzie is kind of like hard to pin down on what constitutes a leading performance versus a supporting performance, but she's hardly mm -hmm. fucking in this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I strong, strongly agree. I don't think, I don't think she's terrible. She's not good, mm -hmm. but like she has nothing to work with and she doesn't do anything. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't agree with that one. But if it's doubling down doing the Mister Razi two and one yeah. sort of nominations, you, you are in the Love Guru. It's hard to, you know, like this. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe when this podcast is over, we can set up some sort of Razi appeals court because I'd just like to see Kyle be like, "Well, you are in the Love Guru, so <laughs> appeal denied." <laughs> Yeah, well, like, this is where I I want like worst agent or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, right? yeah. Because whoever told you Alba, this is a yeah. this is the role to take. Like you get. So two thousand eight is the year of Indiana Jones, and Indiana Jones is also on my mind. The new one being out, but this is this is the passing of the torch. Mister Razzie's fedora is going to fall down, and you need to take over the Razzie's, Kyle, because your suggestions <laughs> like like worst agent, you're the. You're the Phoebe Waller Bridge that this franchise needs. <laughs> Is that a compliment? <laughs> Take it as it was intended, Kyle. Take it yeah. as it was intended. Would you prefer you're the Mutt Williams of this franchise? Because that is on offer. <laughs> so, we're supporting actor. We have Ben Kingsley, triple nomination. But the part we are interested in is the love guru as Guru Tugging Mapuda. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I agree. It's. 
it's annoying said it before it's it's one joke i don't i mean whoever did this would wouldn't be good like even 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 if carby or sandler or anyone yeah. we like was doing this it's not funny so uh, yeah he's not funny so i don't know i'm, I'm indifferent on this one i i'm gonna i'm gonna go out to bat for him because i don't think he's like i think he brings a level of commitment to the bit that someone else wouldn't he doesn't wink yeah. at the camera and that's perhaps because his eyes are crossed but um he's maybe winking at something which he thinks is the camera but is in fact four feet to the left but i think i just quite like ben kingsley and i i think he's i think he's fine in this I, I the role is terrible and basically any other version i imagine of it would be worse so far that i feel like i have to have to defend old ben that's fair that's, yeah. I, I, that's motion overruled like, <laughs> I agree. Uh. next uh next up before the court we have Vern troyer in the love guru again another double nom but this is for coach punch Cherkov. I didn't know that was his name in it, actually. Um, <laughs> hard, hard, hard no for me. Yeah. yeah. Vern's, a, Vern's a highlight. He he salvages a lot of the second half of the film yeah. to keep you marginally interested. Yeah, like, anyway, if there was someone else in, like, that role, I would I would have been depressed. So, yeah, no, hard no for me. Vern's great. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's maybe easy to target Vern because he's at the centre of a lot of kind of dodgy stuff but like he himself like like Vern is the target of a lot of Meyer's least entertaining gags so it would be of easy course. to kind of associate him with that but he himself like I don't know like he's he's the closest to like a committed comedic performance like that well that's, what, that's what I was saying before like even even with the joke where I was talking about his facial expressions yeah mm. like Myers can't write that like no. only Vern can do that yeah. so like, he's yeah he, he actually elevates some of the material as we saw with the blooper the final word goes to Vern Troyer the funniest thing which happened on the set yeah. of Love Guru was just off the cuff from him yeah. so yeah, yeah. So, surprisingly, there's no nomination for Worst Screen Couple, which you would think, again, kind of highlights that Alba and Pitka spend no time on screen together. But you would think Mr. Razzi would have been, like, fucking dining out on that. You would think he would would always be a struggle to limit himself to one. But, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, other nominations. Marco Schnabel for The Love Guru. Once again, black on Wikipedia. So, does this man exist? Who knows? It's badly directed, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I assume Myers is shadow directing a lot of things. And yeah. Probably why there is a, a no-name director involved, because it's the Myers show. Yeah. So it is it's badly directed, but it's, it's like, no, I don't expect a good director to come mm. and fix it. No. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you can, have, you can have anybody in the spot. And if you've got Myers yelling at you and demanding everything, then... It kind of just got to shoot it competently, yeah. Which it is, for most part. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. I, I, I'm it's not awfully directed. Yeah, it's oh, funny no. that Myers would go from this working with like a complete no name, black on Wikipedia, non hyperlinked guy, to like Tarantino, Brian Singer, David Russell. Like he would go from this to like incredibly demanding low-tier filmmakers. I think. Uh, granted, he's only there for like a day, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, and that's it. Like Tarantino's what a year later after yeah. this, mm-hmm. and he, I love him in Glorious Bastards. Yeah. brief period of time. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Yeah. And then final nomination, Worst Screenplay, The Love Guru, written by Mike Myers and Graham Gordy. And this is another win. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure uh, this is the biggest win of all the wins. <laughs> yeah. This is That's the one. What the yeah, I'd love to see this. I'd love to see this script actually, like, uh, release it in a little book form or something. That's I would love to see what this looks like. Like imagining, like some of the, some of the, actually, like imagining it written down and going, yeah, yeah, great, let's go. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the little stage directions he's put i'd love to see how his mind works on love guru why he thought it was a good idea basically but yeah it's a it's a deserved win yeah so uh graham gordy just looked up because he has possibly the most canadian name i uh have ever heard looked him up he managed to also use the love guru as a springboard because he would go on to write for true detective oh. <laughs> what season three well i i love two um i'm, I'm yeah, in the yeah. true detective season two camp because i was like it can't be the first two because like that was entirely pizzolato i think yeah. but yeah. yeah so there we go humble beginnings so <laughs> I, I i will just say one thing i found on my love guru quest the love guru made an appearance on the finale of american idol um yes so the two contestants got to visit the Paramount backlot and got like a, a, pre- a little preview screening of the Love Guru. And I just want to say, like, worst actor probably should have gone to that contestant from uh, American Idol, <laughs> as he like you see him and he's almost like covering his mouth watching the Love Guru. And then they have to say on camera what their favorite scene was. And oh. these two guys' performance is just not convincing. Oh. I, um, I did read about it. I haven't seen this for myself. I will check it out. It might surprise me that they didn't retroactively like put this in the film somehow. You know, like, <laughs> if, you have, if you've got this marketing <laughs> idea, like, how, how do we put it in? Like, how can we get the guru to go to American Idol? And, yeah. You know, throw a cameo in there. There's yours fucking whoever they they must have been worried it must have been like projections because like box office projections are like oh mike this isn't looking too good need to get you on american idol because he so they visit the set and then they meet like mike myers afterwards in character as guru pitka who like like i don't know roasts them in character he does we haven't covered his acronyms he does like guru pitka's advice is like uh all served up in like uh like uh lascivious acronyms so he does like some of that mm-hmm. <laughs> he does some of that but then he also appears on the live show like he's not just like you think he'd be like a pre-recorded segment but he also appears on stage and kind of like has a little bit of banter with simon cowell and i was like mike myers has given up his time to appear on the finale of Ooh, like that must have been a break glass in case of bomb Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would encourage people to seek out that little five-minute clip of Guru Pitka on American Idol. But that brings this half of the podcast to a close. We're then going to be heading off to 2008 and the other delights contained within. So stay tuned for that. I don't want to say it because as is tradition, our guests usually disappear into the ether <laughs> for this part. <laughs> Sophie, yeah, uh, we're going to be here. evicting you from your own home. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
thank you very much for joining us. Um, yeah, I thank you. Fun. I know it was um, fun. I like how your opinion on Myers has changed within 83 minutes, you know, like. <laughs> it was just like, it was like the mask had been lifted and then another mask. So we'll go back, we'll go back, you'll win us back, don't worry, we'll, yeah. we'll go back to what's good. You can't judge McCartney no. on his 90s output, you've got to go, you know, you've got to go to the source, don't you? But yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, pleasure to have you on the podcast for a proper proper guest spot. Not speaking about Steven Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about the treatment that Kyle is, is handing out to you on this podcast. Okay, so uh, I'm going to invite you on to speak about uh, Charles Manson, Steven Seagal, and Mike Myers. So the floor is yours. Well, like, <laughs> I will say for my, my defense there, right? Myers, because we both like him, yeah. is fair. But otherwise, at this point, it is fucking Bo Derek and cats and all the other crap that's still left you know yeah. like this this was a this was a slim pickings this was yeah 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 this was absolutely compared to some of the shit that you, you could have watched so sophie what are your opinions on the church of scientology because we're attempting to send out a guest for battlefield earth i just wonder if you'd like to watch uh... <laughs> we'll watch a two and a half hour epic sci-fi film that is going to give you a headache yeah um, you're right this is an incredible active oh. but no we, mercy mercy blow for you um <laughs> but yes thank you very much no. do you want to plug anything is there anything you want to plug for the podcast what are you up to anything people should check out no. any community center stuff any artworks anything anyone should go check out um Open day. Well, well, and you've got your own work. What, what's your handle there? People can check it out. Oh, yeah. Um, no, you can do that first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a plugger. Okay, well, all right. Well, it's um, at Sofa Meta. That's pronunciation, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that's S O P H Meta. <laughs> I don't know how you spell it. There you go. So you're available on Instagram and Facebook. And you can go check out Sophie's art. Yeah, I would, I would, I cannot speak highly enough of Sophie's art. Sophie's incredible. Um, so any any artistic inquiries, then uh, please please do hit up Sophie on Instagram. I personally can testify to Sophie's skill. Not not testing her limits, but Sophie has bailed me out massively on not one but two short films where she made um, incredible props and helped us assemble some uh, some soft drinks for one. And then made an incredible uh, note, <laughs> an incredible love note in the style of yeah. a six-year-old child. So yeah, no, Sophie is an amazing artist. So and, and check her out. Supervisor as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone's gonna get work out of this podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to part two of the podcast in which we cover all of the other winners and nominees for the year of 2008. So, of course, Worst Picture was The Love Guru, as we have discussed, also nominated in the name of the king. Oh, that is... That's not um, my boy Uwe Ball. It is your boy Uwe Ball. It is my boy Uwe Ball. (laughs) I have not seen this one. Okay. This is one of the few... This has got... Does it doesn't have Christian Slater in it, does it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, okay. This Maybe I is... have seen this one. This is our after time, isn't it? So yeah. I've got a feeling I, I might have seen this one and I've just forgotten about it. Oh, shit. Sorry. No, it doesn't have Christian Slater. It has everyone else. Statham, Lily Sobieski, Ron Perlman, John Rhys-Davis, Claire Forleani, Matthew Lillard, Christina Loken, Ray Liotta, Burt Reynolds. 
Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, no, I, I have. I haven't seen in the name of the king. Then I'm yeah. thinking of something else. Yeah. So no comment. But every Uwe Boll film can sort of be summarized in the same way. Some are slightly better than others, depending on who's in them and how many people care. Uh, yeah. They're all. They're all bottom of the barrel. There's. They're fun to watch with friends, but they're not good movies. Yeah. So I I think I might have sent you a text at some point where I feared this would be the the year that broke me because I only watched one point like one point one films for this year, but they were rough and I tried to get through some of In the Name of the King. It's two and a half hours long. Yeah. And like I might I might hand the floor to my mum for this one of my mum, I remember watching this in 2008, and she's like a huge Jason Statham fan, and I think she said she couldn't finish it. Oh, okay. so, That's fair. Yeah, That's very it's, fair. It, it's bleak. Next up, we have that film that I watched, The Haughty and the Naughty. Oh, fuck. I, I remember this vividly from our stint in Asta. This, I don't remember this, because this must have been one of the ones from the bargain bucket where they barely even bothered security tagging it. <laughs> 100%. I just, I can see the cover in my head. Yeah. I think I remember reading the blurb on the back. Yeah, I how was it? Please run me down, because I haven't seen it. It was fucking dreadful. Like it's one of the like it's one of the worst films I have watched for this. Uh, like it's it's weird because it's not like it's not like super incompetent. It's just like hugely misinformed. Just like it's the choices are bad, but it's executed on a technical level. Okay, it's kind of just like if the dumbest, most shallow person from your school dreamed up a film and then it was executed by some kind of like workman like director that would be this because the plot of the haughty and the naughty is some guy wants to fuck paris hilton so there's some guy who like hasn't moved on from the the girl he fancied at school and it's like 10 years later 10 years since high school or something he just still is pining for her he's like i'm gonna fuck her but her Mm -hmm. best friend she is the haughty paris hilton and her best friend is the naughty and paris hilton has like almost taken a Guru Pitka esque vow of celibacy of like I'm not gonna have sex until the naughty finds love, and so okay. the guy conspires to uh to not quite my fair lady the naughty, but that's basically what ends up as is he's trying mm-hmm. to hook the naughty up, and then she ends up getting. And the naughty is just like rancid. Like the naughty is yeah. like disgusting and like she's got rotting teeth and like moles, facial hair, like balding. Um, but over the duration of the film, she is my fair lady into being would you believe this, Kyle? The naughty is in fact a haughty <laughs> all along. And then once he realizes that the naughty is a haughty, he's like, Oh shit, I wanna be with you now. And rather than being mm-hmm. like you don't if you can't handle me at my naughty you don't deserve me at my haughty <laughs> she's just like great so that's it and it's just a spectacularly dumb film with spectacularly awful performances it's worse than the love guru okay and then we have another favorite of ours the happening oh yeah feel it feel it it's finally it, happening. good vibrations um, marky mark yeah right so we've both seen this i, I haven't spoke... you have not seen i've it. never we've... seen it Oh my god, you have to watch The Happening. I was gonna, but <laughs> not in the hot, it kind of broke me. My schedule, oh, schedule okay. became rather um, busy. I mean, so. I'm sure The Happening is a better film than yeah. The Hottie in a way. 
Yeah. Um, it is, in my opinion, awful. Yeah. It can be fun to watch with friends. Yeah. Happening. I, I think I spoke about this in the Avatar episodes. So I won't repeat too much. Mark Wahlberg is awful in it. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel, yeah. Yeah, as a wife. Is, is she is, like, is she playing his wife or his daughter? Yeah. Like, I could kind no, of, of course, see. Of course it's his fucking wife. Come on now. Um, <laughs> and she's fucking doe-eyed throughout the whole thing. It's just what an incredibly a, sh- What a combo. Film. Like, I know Zoe Deschanel is kind of whatever, like, new girlified, but when this is just on the cusp of, like, Manic Pixie Dream Girl, 500 Days of Summer, like, yeah. that couple, like, just imagine how on earth they... <laughs> A uh, guy who blinds Vietnamese person. How, that, people. how <laughs> yeah. that happened or happened, I would love to fucking see. But like, like hipster, uh, hipster two thousand eight girl with like a mustache tattooed in her finger <laughs> and a thug who blinds Vietnamese guys. <laughs> that's that's the rom com I want to see. It was it is the one of the stupidest films I've ever seen. Uh, it's not to, again. It's what we spoke about with Shyamalan. He's not a terrible director. Yeah. You know, even with bad actors, he still pulls something together. He's still got a visual style. He still knows what he's doing. Yeah. But it's such a fucking stupid film. It is mind-boggling. It is his worst twists. It's his worst ending. His shock ending. I, I like the opening when you know you don't know what's going on and there's a lot of people committing suicide and then dying and things. <laughs> I really do like the opening. It's just, it's weird. It's like yeah. um, something odd and I like it when it's odd and strange, but once it gets going, it's a fucking stupid film. He's lucky that there's Haughty and the Naughty and Love Guru. Um, yeah. He's incredibly lucky. The happening is worse than Avatar. Yeah, it's like he's but... entering the sights here. Mr. Razzie's probably like, okay, yeah. lighting him up for Avatar at this point yeah. in time. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's like it's a pain for your the sins of your past, basically. It's funny. I don't know enough of his filmography, but like he would kind of deal with like the apocalypse in Cabin at the Woods, like planes falling out of the sky or whatever. So it's like something that he's like clearly interested in. And I don't know if he was like, I'm gonna nail it in the happening. So let's return to the well with Cabin in the Woods, which like isn't a great film, but at least there are some things. No, knock really it, like. knock in the car. Sorry, knock in the car. Fuck, I always do that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I like Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. <laughs> One ticket for Cabin in the Woods, please. What? No, not like this. Where's Joel Sweden? <laughs> Next up, we have Disaster Movie and Meet the Spartans jointly. Oh, so again, Freeberg and... Uh, what's the other one? It's Jason Freeberg, isn't it? And yeah, and Aaron Seltzer. Yeah. That's the one. Hey, did they do both of these? They did, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I've seen Epic Movie. Yeah. And... One of the other ones, I think a superhero one. I can't remember what one that was called. Superhero movie. Oh, there we go. Fucking <laughs> A. Um, I, I hate them. I hate yeah. these films. With a fucking burning passion. Yeah. I hate everything about them. I I, I blame the Wayans, obviously, for yeah, setting the trend here and the slide from my beloved airplane and naked guns to what parody movies become is heart wrenching for me. Yeah. Um, having scripts that you know parody things even even powers austin powers compared to just here's the most lazy spy yeah. movie and like oh here's... yeah what if like james bond was selling nfts or like what yeah. if james bond did uh, the macarena wouldn't that be something yes it did the macarena with barney oh um, yeah you know like oh, and then wow yeah wow don't we can have two jokes in one and then beyonce can come out and kill them and ah, oh, we'll just <laughs> Do you get it? Do you get pop culture references? Thankfully, uh, the internet seems like it's killed that kind of like random yes. access <laughs> humor. 
yeah. So these are, I've not seen them. I can own, uh, it's assumptive. I, I don't know which one's worse. I'm super glad we didn't have to watch these. Love Guru is going to be better than these. Well, thankfully, Mr. Razzie has seen them. So we can just shoot him an email like, hey, Mr. Razzie, um, which one was worse? Just out of curiosity yep. of these movies that you totally watched. Okay, so then the winner, Love Guru, moving on to Worst Actor. Marky Mark Wahlberg in The Happening and Max Payne as Elliot Moore and Max Payne, respectively. So I think he's dreadful. I think he's terrible at almost everything apart from The Departed, Boogie Nights, and maybe maybe I'll give him a pass for Daddy's Home and the other guys. So yeah. you've seen Max Payne, haven't you? I have seen Max Payne. Um, yeah. He's, he's worse than The Happening. Yeah. He's really, really bad in The Happening. It's one of the worst Mark Wahlberg performances. Max Payne, I, I'm a big fan of the original games they're yeah. based off of. It's one of the few video game like adaptations. It should be a surefire thing. Like, you make a noir, like, make a noir, gritted noir. So a lot of the film's failings is the fact it's not the games and it's not as doesn't translate as easily it should have for some reason yeah but mark Wahlberg is still not good in it but he is better in max Payne than he is in the happening but max Payne does suck it's not a good film it's generic and forgettable rather than being something that could have been genuinely pretty cool but yeah like and Wahlberg's a weird cast for it like I, yeah so yeah he deserves his noms here so just tie this back to snl for a second this it was a happening they were making fun of in the mark Wahlberg talks to animals sketch wasn't it yes yeah. Yeah. How's your mother? Yeah. <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we have Hua, Al Pacino in 88 Minutes and Righteous Kill as Dr. Jack Graham and Detective David Rooster Fisk. That's a great name. I haven't seen either of these. Righteous Kills with um, De Niro. De Niro, isn't it? Yeah. This uh, is the, the third of the your little pub quiz question of yeah. Irishman and Righteous Kill. Yeah. All classics in their own way. All classics. Godfather, of course, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Righteous Kill is the one you'd forget yeah. um, as well. Like, you'd yeah. be like, ah, oh, you know, The Godfather Part 2, uh, Heat, uh, Irishman, yeah. Nah. Yeah. what's the other one? What's the other one? Yeah. I was going to go see this if I didn't, for whatever reason, whatever, I had better things to do. So I don't have an opinion. It is 2008 Al Pacino as well, yeah. which is all spoke about, but I haven't seen them. Have you seen them? I haven't seen either. All I'll possibly say is at least they're like, I don't know what's better with two two thousand eight Al Pacino when he stretches the limbs and does like Jack and Jill or like is it Danny Collins the one where he plays the like uh, musician and uh, I don't know what's better when he stretches the limbs or when he just sticks to like the grizzled cop thriller thing of like he can phone that in absolutely. Mm. I don't know what makes gets the worst results, but. Anyway, it's at least not, like, Jack and Jill levels of embarrassment. Yes, yeah. Next up, we have Eddie Murphy in Meet Dave as Dave Ming Cheng and the Meet Captain. Dave. See, I always keep on saying Norbit was a career killer, but it wasn't. It was Meet Dave, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Norbit was the Oscar killer of that was apparently yeah. what nixed him for Dreamgirls, but Meet Dave, I think, was the the Norbit sort of put him in the coffin and Meet Dave was nailing it down and lowering him into the hole. Fuck, no, I could have spoke about Norbit, but I've never seen Meet Dave. Have you seen it? Nope. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. moving on. Moving on. Larry the Cable Guy in Witless Protection as Larry Stadler. Oh, fuck. Larry so... Stadler. I wonder what Larry Stadler's profession is. Could he perhaps be <laughs> a man who works with wires? Is he... Is this the... 
because I know he had a I'm sure he came up before his actual theatrical film the Larry the Cable Guy movie or whatever it was yeah yeah but it's just, what is this do you know anything about this no, he's on the front cover holding a gun and there is a woman dressed like Jessica Simpson from Dukes of Hazard, whatever that character is, holding him. Protecting America's assets is the tagline. And it says, uh, Larry Stadler is a small-town deputy who dreams of becoming an FBI agent. He witnesses what he believes is a kidnapping and rushes to rescue a woman named Madeline. Sounds like Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yeah, 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 it does. So no opinion, but we're not fans of Larry the Cable Guy around here except for the Cars franchise. <laughs> and, of course, the winner, Mike Myers, in The Love Guru, as Guru Maurice Pitka. Worst actress, we have cast of the women, Annette Benning, Eva Mendez, Deborah Messing, Jada Pinkett-Smith, and Meg Ryan, as Sylvie Fowler, Crystal Allen, Eddie Cohen, Alex Fisher, and Mary Haynes, respectively. Mr. Razzi really hates women. <laughs> he does. I, I'm very surprised he's bundled them all together, though, and yeah. not just filled out every category with them. And then yeah, goes, yeah. You know, yeah, I've never seen this. I've never even heard of this film. Do you know anything? I do not know anything about this film, but I would be... The, the cover looks very familiar. You might recognise the cover. It's got one of those, like, kind of like, it's that complicated. Or you know that movie with Meryl Streep in bed yeah. with Alec Baldwin or, like like, I don't know, Maid of Honor. It's got a very 2008 era cover. But, like, I like... Well... I, I think Eva Mendez is decent in some things, and I think Annette Benning's fantastic. So, like, I, I don't think, I can't imagine Annette Benning being Razzie worthy. So, I'm just going to okay. basically I've, call Mr. Razzie a misogynist. I've, uh, I've, I just looked it up because I've never heard of this film. I don't recognize the cover. Yeah. I just want to say one little thing is it's produced by Mick Jagger. Oh, everybody's naughty <laughs> and. <laughs> That's it. No one else yeah. that. That's just, just <laughs> there's your pub quiz trivia. Yeah. 2008 film that all uh, fucking Mick Jagger produced. Taking time yeah. off from writing The Bigger Bang to produce. Yeah. <laughs> so next up, we have Kate Hudson in Fool's Gold and My Best Friend's Girl as Tess Finnegan and Alexis. Uh, so, uh, what was the first one? Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold. That's that McConaughey. Yeah, okay, there we go. I can, I, that rings a bell. That's awakening something. Um, I've never heard of the second one, so I'm going to rely on you here. I haven't seen it, but it has Alec Baldwin and Jason Biggs from American Pie, so I'm assuming based off the latter, it's not good. Okay, fair. Kate Hudson, of course, in one of my favourite movies of all time, Music. I think she's. I think she's really good in Almost Famous, and I think mm -hmm. I enjoy her in Glass Onion, but Kate Hudson, I don't hugely like her i think she can be quite bad i think her uh, well, default status is not great and some people get yeah, like, when she's good for an exception that's exactly i just kind of lump it in with all the rom-coms yeah i like, guess uh, sophie actually watched how to lose a guy in 10 days the other yeah, like, yeah. A week ago and um, so i half watched it with her and yeah that's that's how she like that's what she is is like yeah you know she's she's a rom-com just yeah. like McConaughey as well, like they're not gonna they're not gonna go anywhere Take past even all gone forever. And then we have Cameron Diaz in What Happens in Vegas as Joy McAnally. I think that's one of the posters I was getting confused with with the women that sort of like two thousand eight style. I've seen this film though. This oh is hello, like, this is Ashton as well, isn't it? Am I wrong? Am I thinking of a different film? It's Ashton. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen this. It's about a couple that go to Vegas and win money and. Uh -huh. 
or they meet in Vegas, and then um... I would have told you that if you didn't tell me anything, I would be like, they are a couple who have a meet cute in Vegas, probably some rival sparks fly, and then they get married by Elvis. That would be my guess. Is yeah, and then they win, they win the jackpot, and then they won't go their separate ways, and then blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. You you can write the film in your head. <laughs> it's super simple. It's I'm not the biggest Diaz fan. I think that's what we're for. I'm not against it personally, but this just annoys me. I I have seen it though. I just yeah, it is what it is. It's just what we're saying with Hudson is just it is just a generic sort of dump it out and hope we make money in February kind of thing. Yeah. Move on with your lives and hopefully get a paycheck. Yeah. Next up, we have Jessica Alba in The Eye and the Love Guru as Sydney Wells and Jane Bullard. So I. Th- feel like we've spoken about the eye before for some reason it's the one with the creepy poster where like there's a hand crawling out of the eyelid have you have you seen the eye i, I don't think so um, hold on let me look up this poster yeah it rings a bell but no 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 i don't no i haven't so, okay no. so can't really speak about that but she's certainly not worth it on the basis of the love guru but as we've discussed in the past, we don't think she's great. So if she's given actual material to work with in the eye, maybe she is, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fair enough. But of course, the winner, Paris Hilton in The Haughty and The Naughty as Christabel Abbott. Nothing to say, really. She is dreadful. It's like one of the... It's like, I think we said this last week with Hunter, uh, with Hunter Dunbar. No, John Travolta as Moose. There are some performances that just like in a vacuum exist as like the platonic ideal of a Razzie performance, and mm. Paris Hilton as the haughty is one of them. She is not an actress. Like, do not cast her as your lead. Hundred percent. We're supporting actor Vern Troyer, the love guru, and Postal as Coach Punch Cherkov and himself. Have you seen Postal? Uh, yeah, I have actually. Um, yeah. Fuck, where's Vern in it, right? Um, I'm to... <laughs> well, he plays himself, so I'm assuming this is like a yeah. cameo where he gets killed I, instantly or I, something. I believe Postal's the last Uwe Ball film, like most recent one I've seen. Yeah. And um, for some reason, I thought it was later, you know, yeah. and then again, he fires these out so fucking fast back, back when he was allowed to. <laughs> and someone told me, I can't remember who he saw, what throw them under, but that Postal was one of his better work. I heard um, that, yeah. So like, And I played the Postal games as a teenager when I was younger, so I was like, okay, I, I can, I know what I'm getting into. Surely this will be easy. There was, like, my memory's very hazy on it. I do remember there's a lot of, like, it's, it's probably the most faithful adaptation he makes. Um, yeah. Because, again, Postal's yeah. just, you know, gore, gross out, body fluids, inappropriate, the, you know, like, it's a... Con- some redneck's dream, you know, of just the most, you can get away with it. Like, it's just make fun of everything. Yeah. South Park yeah. without satire. Yeah, basically. yeah. Um, I totally forgot Vermin's and I actually am struggling to remember more from it, but I have seen it and it's escaped. It's gone under the radar here in the nominations. So, there. Next up, we have Burt Reynolds in Deal and In the Name of the King as Tommy Vinson and King Conrad. I haven't seen Deal. I've never heard of Deal. So Deal's a poker drama starring Brett Harrison and Shan Elizabeth. Again, very sort of 2008-esque poster. I feel like there must have been, something must have been a hit to start these because you know, like, what's the like Guy Ritchie-esque one? Like 21? Or like the one yeah. with the black and red? Like, I feel like we were getting a lot of just like gambling gambling like uh dramas not dramas but you know those kind of things i saw a little bit of him in in the name of the king and he just like 
whatever else you think about Burt Reynolds, I don't think he has a period drama vibe. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's a very, not quite contemporary, but like 70s persona. And seeing him as like some medieval king, I was like, I am not buying this in the slightest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not much to say, given I've only seen a fraction of one of these films. So moving on, we have Ben Kingsley in The Love Guru, The Wackness and War Inc. as Guru Tuggy Mapuda, Dr. Jeffrey Squires and Walken. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen it other two. I can only judge yeah. Sir Ben on uh, his efforts in the Love Guru. Yeah, fair enough. Same here. Next up, we have Uwe Boll in Postal as himself. Yeah, he is in himself. He's, um, oh, fuck, what's the scene? I can't remember what the punchline is. I'm sure it's something to do with the director of the games or okay, something. Yeah. And then it's like a meta like joke and. I think he gets shot in the head or something and yeah. then chaos erupts. So it's, it's one of these, like, the postal creator, maybe that's who it is. Um, yeah. The postal director. He's in it for minutes. And uh, no, like, I'm not going to defend him, but, like, it's harsh to put him in. I like, put him in for his direction and for making the fucking films. But yeah. I'm not putting Val Kilmer in here for, you know, love Goody. So, yeah, no, no. I can barely remember it. I need to rewatch it, which I won't. <laughs> and next up, we have the winner... Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia as Sam Carmichael. So I famously have not seen Mamma Mia 1. Yeah. I, I have seen Mamma Mia 2, though. I uh, I took Sophie on mm-hmm. a date for when we were starting to go out. So I know, Bro- I assume Brosnan's performance is exactly the fucking same. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can kind of judge it. He's there for a holiday. Yeah. Um, have fun. He is not the worst part of it. No. So I'm gonna defend one of my bonds say no this is not deserved yeah no i I, he's fine he's not great like but no one is so so you know what's what's the point what's the difference yeah i i agree i like i think it it works i think like it's just like it's it's share in the the sequel of like it's just like sometimes you like just having something a little bit weird to speak about that kind of like elevates the film of his kind of robotic so when you're near me, I saw it. Yeah, no. Um, well, that, that's exactly that was exactly it. Um, and again, only seen the second one. I, I, the weirdness of the second one without seeing the first one. Why is the reanimated corpse of Sher glowing? Yeah. And then the, the ghost of Meryl Streep. At the, I, I had no fucking idea what was going on for uh, like for this weirdness. Yeah. So Brosnan kind of. You know, he's just there for a holiday. Have a exactly. Like, I don't think I, I don't think he thinks like he he knows. Obviously, like uh, he hasn't. He he's not like a Shatner. Like he hasn't released like Brosnan sings the Bond themes or anything. But interestingly, the Razzies had like an actual hosted ceremony for two thousand eight, and so it was hosted by Chip Dornell and Kelly McIver, whose comments on Brosnan were, "An actor who could not sing should not sing." Unarguably, did not sing in a role he should not have accepted. So yeah. Then moving on, we have worst supporting actress Lily Sobieski in Eighty Eight Minutes, and in the name of the King as Lauren Douglas, Lydia Doherty, and Muriella. Oh, good. You got any thoughts for for her? Not really. Know anything? the name. Think she's good in Eyes Wide Shut, but no, yeah. no opinion. Yeah, fair. Same. Next up, we have Jenny McCarthy in Witless Protection as Connie. Um, nope, so yeah. Jenny McCarthy and Larry the Cable Guy, what, what electric chemistry what must, <laughs> must have there, yeah. Whoa. Next up, Kim Kardashian in Disaster Movie as Lisa Taylor. We're getting a lot a lot of non-actors popping up, isn't this it? This is like, just kind of like bimbo heaven, isn't it? This yeah, category of like, 
Kim Two Kardashian, Jenny like, McCarthy, more to come, more to come. Oh, okay, okay. No, nothing to say, like, nothing to say. Yeah, Carmen Electra in Disaster Movie and Meet the Spartans as the Beautiful Assassin and Queen Margot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, what, see, it's shown her range, isn't it? Like, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, again, see, see previous comment. Yeah, well, you might want to keep that on standby <laughs> because the winner goes to Paris Hilton in Repo, the genetic opera as oh, Amber yeah. Sweet. I, I had a friend who loved that. The yeah. Repo thought it was funny, camp, yeah. campy or something. I've never seen it. Yeah. So I don't know if it is the cult classic that he led me to believe, but um, yeah, see previous comment. Well... Lily Sobieski, I'm going to represent you in Razzie Court. Like, no wonder she's retired, because to be in a category alongside Jenny McCarthy, Kim Kardashian, Carmen Electra, and Paris Hilton, <laughs> incredibly, incredibly damning. But Mr. Razzie had some comments on her from the awards, where he said, She is a 21st century Zaza Gabor. She is famous for who she hangs out with. She's not famous for any talent she has exhibited. She may end up working with Uwe Boll. She could be the head vampire in Blood Rain 3. <laughs> that's, actually, that's not too bad. That's quite... Yeah. Quite it would only be funnier if it said, didn't say head vampire. Yeah. It's assistant to the, <laughs> the main one or something. So we're a screen couple. We have Eddie Murphy and Meet Dave alongside himself. Well, that's not a couple, um, but... Ah, uh, oh, that maybe, is Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy in Meet Dave. I think um, if they're sharing the screen, even I don't, I've, I'm, I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to give Mr. Razzie a pass on this one. Of like, I think it's, yeah, it's, nice, it's cleaner, it's cleaner. But as he's done traditionally, he always does the double roles <laughs> as Mike Myers and Mike Myers. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. So it's just consistency. That's all I'm looking for. Okay, here okay, it's yeah. Consistency. But I, I have no doubt that he's insufferable with himself. So I probably will agree with it. Next up, Larry the Cable Guy and Jenny McCarthy in Witless Protection. So we kind of made our comment about that yeah. earlier. Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher in What Happens in Vegas. Yeah, that, that, that is a bad combo. That is just a... a I mean, the, the point of the film is that they're not like an actual couple. Yeah. You know, like they're not heads, so like, it kind of works, but like... It's not good. It isn't good. That's what I was gonna say. Is like they kind of I could see a I could see a version that works because they both have that kind of like they both have similar personas of like they're capable of being intensely charismatic, but I wouldn't yeah. say that's their default necessarily. Yeah. But anyway, if, if, it, if it was Alba and McConaughey, it would have been not here. But like, yeah, yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't gel well. Yeah, Uwe Boll and any actor, camera or screenplay. Any camera? What? This period isn't. Yeah, that's just that. Give him worse director. Give him worse actor. Give him worse screenplay. This is just another. It's the same thing again. You're just fucking yeah. dunking on him. It also shows you haven't watched any of these films because you would have easily been picking Burt yeah. Reynolds and Ben Kingsley or something. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there has to be like room for a love guru Norman here somewhere. And, and and so the winner is Paris Hilton and either Christine Lakin or Joel David Moore in The Haughty and The Naughty. What's your thoughts? My thoughts are Paris Hilton and The Naughty probably don't deserve it because The Naughty is good. Like The Naughty is straight up good. Mm-hmm. And The Naughty has like quite a lot to play with given that she is like playing like a Victorian freak show and then kind of becomes mm-hmm. like a... Like, the Naughty has to play two different characters, essentially. And you could say that's bad acting because they're completely... Um, it's completely 
it, it, unbelievable how like cousin it would transform into like the lead of a rom com. But I would say it's more like the naughty succeeds with like kind of like gross out comedy and then also being like a romantic lead. So no for Christine, but yeah, Joel David Moore and Paris Hilton, painful, painful to watch. I would almost actually lead with Joel David Moore and I can't believe that he has dodged a nomination because he is fucking awful in the haughty and the naughty. (laughs) And so next up we have worst prequel, remake, ripoff or sequel. Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Oh, have you seen that? Yeah, I did. I you think have? Okay. A, I did. I watched it in 2000. I, I got it from after, I believe. I, I haven't watched the TV show. Yeah. Or anything. And this would have been my last Star Wars sort of media before Force Awakens. I didn't see anything in between. It's fine. Honestly, yeah. it's fine. It's um, it's not a good, like, you know, live action. I like the animation style, but it's yeah. not a good, like, theatrical release. You know, yeah. this was a... Because this, this was, it was just, like, three episodes of TV that they yeah. were like, oh, shit, this is good. Let's stick them together and send it yeah. off. And it does come off like that. But honestly, it's fine. I, I really, you know, like, was getting burned out on the prequels. I don't dislike The Clone Wars. I haven't seen it since 2008, so maybe yeah. it is worth a watch. I know the TV show is... Or the second TV show is beloved as well. Yeah. But no, honestly, it's fine. Um, the fact it doesn't appear anywhere else until now, you know, I, it's not it's a fine. It's a fine little entry. It's a fine way for Lucas to ride off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, making the jump to hyperspace, just waving him yeah. off. So long, George. Or no, he's a Luke, <laughs> just like watching the twin sunsets. Just yeah, that's it. That's it. Collapsing. <laughs> Well, it's an epilogue, isn't it? His, <laughs> yeah, his like checked shirt just collapsing into a pile. Um, then we have Speed Racer. Any thoughts on oh, Speed Racer? Yeah, I like Speed Racer. Yeah, I, I don't. I I'm not the biggest fan of the Wachowskis. I've said it before. I like the Matrix one and then bits of two, and that's about it. Um, I don't think they're great, but Speed Racer is fun. I had yeah. I had an old flatmate who was obsessed with the cartoon. And yeah. It was one of those, I think this would have been about six years ago when he was. it was getting like, reappraised and people were like, actually, Speed Race was really good. It just flopped and no one liked it. But it's actually an exciting film. Yeah, I actually I agree with it. It's not my favourite, but um, it's unique and it's well made and sort of the Wachowski style really works with it as yeah. in like an adaptation. So yeah, no, like I get it at the time it was hated and this is, you know, retro- retrospectively looking back and saying, Okay, like it's better now and modernized, but um, yeah, like along with Clone Wars, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have them here at all. Yeah, we then have Disaster Movie and Meet the Spartans. We have covered that they're just like yeah. completely like without any creativity or any soul, so well deserved. The day the Earth stood still. Oh, fuck! No, I, I think I watched a bit of this. Sky. I'm exactly the same. I've only seen a bit of it on the TV when yeah, my parents are watching it. I think. That's exactly. I, I think I've seen enough of as much of this as I have of the original, you know, where I've just seen scenes and clips and bits and pieces. And I, I, I sort of remember it, but like, no, I've got no, no comment at all. Yeah, nothing to say apart from like what we were speaking about last week with Keanu Reeves, uh, where this comes in the uh, Renaissance. I think Keanu Reeves as an alien is like good casting because he has that kind of weird, awkward mm-hmm. quality. Like he's kind of a bit ethereal and not quite human. He could play an elf, an alien, mm-hmm. or indeed a Vulcan, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that leaves us with the winner. 
Indiana Jones, and The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yay! So I went to see this in the cinema as well. Um, I went with my cousin. Same. It was meant a bonding yeah. experience because we were, we were both big fans of the original trilogy. I remember us coming out of the cinema and he was fucking raging. Yeah. And I was not and um yeah i was like oh no this can be an awkward journey home yeah i don't i don't love this film it's not a good film but i like it i know it's it's starting to age better now and like as time goes on it's flawed but there's so many bits i really like about it like really really like about it it's yeah if if lucas was if lucas didn't write off into the sunset if lucas was reined in a bit more and i i think it's spielberg more yeah i feel like like their balance is off here being 20 years in the making like there is a version of this that could have been good if they just like it it seems like it was rushed or like it's just the balance isn't quite right but there could have been a fantastic version of this film really good i mean like everyone talks about temple of doom you know this famous didn't give a shit about it yeah and lucas sort of pushed more for it and that's why it's weirder and it's got all this strange shit going on. Spielberg was too busy getting off with Kate Capshaw to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas here, and I remember, I think I did see some behind-the-scenes stuff where Spielberg's just happy to hang out with George and see yeah. Harris. Like, yeah. Let's just getting the gang like, back together, yeah. Yeah, let's have fun. We'll do it over time. Still, though, I really do like a lot of things in this film. Yeah. I, I, I like more than I dislike, but the things I dislike really pull it down from yeah. being a good film. It's nowhere near as bad as fucking disaster movie or any of this other shit. It's better than Clone Wars as well, probably. I'd watch it over Clone Wars and Speed Racer because I got a soft spot for it in my heart. It's how you feel about like Attack of the Clones is probably how I feel about the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So it's your favourite movie of all time, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm exactly the same as you. I haven't seen Dials of Destiny at the time of recording, but this just strikes me as, like, we're going to get a big Kingdom of the Crystal Skull revisionist movement, I reckon, based off word of mouth about the fifth one. Because this one, it, it like, it's not fantastic. Obviously, the gopher CGI swinging through the trees monkey stuff, but, like... It has the Spielberg magic, like it has the like there are there's stuff to hear, and I like, I like how it doesn't feel the need to retread the original trilogy, like the departure of the Cold War, the Nazis, and like the yep. Flash Gordon serials. I do like what's doing, like the the like greaser jock stuff. I think is like a great like little set piece. So yeah, not Razzie worthy in the slightest. I agree. And I agree with that as well. Like that's sort of like what I expect in the fifth one. I know it retreads and it's going to go back. Whereas I like the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to be like a link. You know, you've got the fifties, yeah. you've got the Cold War brewing, you've yeah. got um, the beginning of sci-fi fifties. So I was like, yeah. by the six days, seven days, you know, and, and by the fifth one, you just keep exploring that and you go yeah. further. No, 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 There's Kyle, so franchises aren't allowed to ever grow or change. We want, yeah. like, we want undead Christopher Reeves and we want Michael Keaton <laughs> dead behind the eyes saying, you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, back we go. Worst director, M. Night Shyamalan for The Happening. Yeah. This is the lowest of the low for him, yeah. you would say. This is, yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah. And no... No, yeah, no world is he ever going to escape this. I hope he gets up, pops up for screenplay, but he's worth the nom here as well. Like yeah. he's covered. Marco Schnabel for The Love Guru. Discuss that. Tom Putnam for The Haughty and the Naughty. Tom Putnam also black on Wikipedia. So whatever you've done 
since making the haughty and the naughty tom best of luck with that venture and uh <laughs> <laughs> hope hope things are thriving it's dreadful jason friedberg and aaron seltzer for disaster movie and meet the spartans kind of covered that and that leaves us with the winner so Uwe Boll for 1968 Tunnel Rats in the Name of the King and Postal. Have you seen Tunnel Rats? I have not. That's his non-video game one, isn't it? <laughs> That's one of his few. Um, no, German I haven't. Canadian war suspense film. Yeah. No, I, ha- I haven't seen it. Is a surprise it hasn't popped up at all since. Yeah. No, no comment. But he is, did not uh, have a script. Yeah. None of them do though. Uwe Boll's flying yeah. by the edge of you know the seat of his fucking pants. Yeah, like he's he's shit. He's not a good director. He doesn't care. He's very <laughs> he's very just fucking do it and move on. We don't need scripts. We need one take. Why why do we need to do another take? We've got you know ready to yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's he he's a, a epitomizes what a Razzie winner should be. Yeah. Well, uh, a little more on that coming in a moment. Where screenplay in the name of the king, screenplay by Doug Taylor. I haven't watched enough to really judge the screenplay, unfortunately. The Haughty and the Naughty, written by Heidi Ferrer. Yeah, it surprises me that a woman wrote The Haughty and the Naughty, actually. <laughs> but, you know, Stockholm Syndrome, women can hate women too. The Happening, written by M. Night Shyamalan. So there you go, 100%. your wish fulfilled. 100%. Disaster Movie and Meet the Spartans, written by Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer. Written in the loosest sense of the word, I imagine. <laughs> um, well, that's, just, that's, two no- that's two nominations for things that really don't even have scripts. Yeah. You know, they- like the I can't imagine the writing process being any more involved than us in the podcast just being like, oh, what if this? Yeah. Here's a hundred million. Go nuts. Yeah. Like. yeah. And then the, and then they do a bit from The Simpsons. Wouldn't that be quite funny to watch? Um, <laughs> and so the winner, of course, the love guru covered that at length. And so that brings us to a close. But for one final worst career achievement award. Oh which is handed out to Uwe Boll, Germany's answer Uwe to Boll. Ed Wood. Hey! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Yeah, like, that's actually, that's, well, I said it, so maybe I am morphing into Mr. Razi. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. I, it's the only comparison in terms of just the, the production way, you know. I, I think Ed Wood's probably more imaginative and... Um, probably more of a creative person but um Uwe Boll is a very similar sort of just fucking eh just get it done do one take read read your line read it away a different line read it in a different way who cares just, yeah. as long as I get yeah. it and I can uh, splice it together that's it's enough you know they're also notorious tax write-offs German tax write-offs so that's why he was allowed to make so many of them so yeah he, he does deserve it like again that's what I was saying he epitomizes what a Razi should be the real, the real person to be get having a go at is the producers that give him money. You know, yeah. is the accountants, the accountants that allow him to be a scapegoat so they can funnel money about. That's that's the real problem. So, but yeah, he does deserve it. So he seemed to accept the Razzie with some degree of grace because it says on Wikipedia, Ball sent a humorous videotape speech from a mock set of Darfur, Sudan stating he would not return because the Razzie Awards had ruined his life. <laughs> and Mr. Razzie's comments on Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll is the world-class movie director. Anything he does is awful. 
he was the overwhelming choice to receive our Career Achievement Award. Yeah, and I, he's Uwe Boll's welcome on this podcast as a yeah. multiple one. I, I remember was it when he's famously wanted to box uh, Ain't It cool, cool News? Is it what's the critic Harry Knowles? And they wanted to have a boxing. He, he always challenged people to a boxing fight, and I'm sure yeah. he did box a critic and just knock him the fuck out, which is the funniest <laughs> thing um, ever. Like, this is my Tarantino 10th film, the movie Critic. You know, it's, it's someone going around <laughs> boxing them, <laughs> Amazing. challenging them to fights in a cage. Yeah, Uibel, I don't, as a person, I, I, I can I can relate to him a lot because I probably would do the same if people yeah. gave me money. And uh, he does seem like he, he's got a good sense of humor. And, you know, like, he, yeah, he's he's more sort of self-aware than I think people give him credit for. So, yeah. But anyway, he deserves it. So we'll give the ending of the episode to Mr. Razzie, because I know we've criticized him in the past, suggesting that the Razzie Academy is perhaps rather more limited than people would believe. So this says that the the results were based on votes from approximately 650 journalists, cinema fans and professionals from the film industry. And Mr. Razzie has let be known that he did not agree with the voters siding on The Love Guru. And he said that he, he watched the film again in preparation for the ceremony. A couple of things he did got me to laugh. And these days, two laughs in a comedy is a high ratio. He's got lower bar than me in my three, but like it's the yeah. same principle. We are just seeing you. It's like it, it's not Indiana Jones. Maybe maybe it's the Santa Claus. Is you're just transforming <laughs> into Mister Razzie. He said the main thing wrong with it is no one said to Myers that he, it wasn't funny. He managed to offend the entire Indian population and his investors. The real, then, the real victims. <laughs> he shredded a copy of the Love Guru at the awards ceremony. So, I don't know, I can get on board with Mr. Razzie's, like, performance art yeah, type yeah. of... Yeah. Did he do it in brownface, though? You know, that's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that concludes another episode. Thank you for joining us, and thanks Thank once you, again thanks, to Sophie for guesting on the first half of the podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, then leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. Follow us on social media, where we are watching Worst. And you can email us at watchingworstfilms at gmail.com where you can hit us up with any thoughts about these movies or indeed anything else from the world of awful cinema. And you can find us next week when we will be returning to you at the same bat time, same bat place with an Alan Smithy film, Burn Hollywood Burn. Very excited. Eric Idle and Sylvester Stallone together at last. You know, nuts and gum together yeah. at last um, <laughs> very excited for this it's been something we've we've not seen either of us so this is amazing to have a fresh something we've been excited for yeah this is a big unknown for me and it may break my heart but i am like i am like i don't know i i've had this with other films i've watched in preparation where i'm kind of horrified because they'll have like quite a good premise and i'll be like hang on it's almost like this film is yeah. bad like, Alan Smithy can only break my heart because my expectations for this are way too high. Exactly. exactly. The bar, yeah, exactly. But who knows? Who yeah. knows? So Always fine. Return next week to find two very broken men speaking. <laughs> it's the Alan Smithy film, Burn, Hollywood Burn. Excellent. See you later, guys. <laughs>